Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And now, folks, you are about to witness the most amazing, the most astounding living monstrosity of all time. Yeah, that's right. Bow, sucker. Yeah. <laughs> Bow down to your master. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Come out to play. Come out to play. Come out to play. Come out to play. The best there is. The best there was. And the best there ever Morning. It's the Big Man Morning Show. 918-460-KMOD. You can also... Text BMMS and then what you want to say to 82945. Listen online. The website that rocks, KMOD.com. Past shows are available on iTunes. Search under BMMS. Listen with your cell phone. Get the iHeartRadio app. Available from the app store of your cell phone provider. More on that at iHeartRadio.com. And we are on Facebook. Facebook.com slash BMMS69. That's where you can hang out with us each and every day. Good morning, Sam. Good morning, Corby. Good morning, Gimpy. Good morning. Tickets to Skillet. We'll have a show September 7th at the Brady Theater. We've got Woo! Best and Worst of the Weekend. Our listeners are awesome. Jeff Hensley is going to join us. And uh, not very much longer for you to get in on the BMMS birthday bang. Go to our Facebook page. Look for the bang birthday cake energy drink post. Make a comment. We'll pick someone every day to win Bang Birthday Cake Energy Drink. And I've, I don't know if I've 
seen people so excited to be a part of a big bang. You're right. But they are psyched. <laughs> and we're very happy you are. So we'll do that again uh, every day. So make sure you're going there and making a comment on that post. Boom. Um, th- I was not going to bring this up just because of the, it's con- kind of conspir- conspiracy-ish. Uh-huh. But I feel like um, stuff is happening so quick with it that probably should just mention it and then, you know, there'll be a, hopefully there'll be others. But when Jeffrey Epstein was in prison a while back, mm-hmm. he did 13 years, I'm sorry, 13 months <laughs> in prison, probably should have, uh, down in Florida. Yeah. And while he was in, the Miami Herald has decided to go back and look at all the logs of things he bought. Hmm. While he was in prison. Yes. Very interesting. And, you know, coffee, Single cups of coffee he bought. 800 single cups of coffee while, during his time. Oh, my. Right? Which, that's not a big deal. I'm using it to illustrate. I'm saying that to illustrate a point that they did investigating. That's just one of the things they mm-hmm. found. Mm-hmm. And uh, the thing that is bizarre and why I'm bringing this up is that, well, there's a couple of reasons. But one, why I'm bringing this up is he bought uh, more than on one, more on, on more than one occasion, he bought a size five female panties. Okay. Hi. Okay. I don't know anything about prison life. <laughs> I don't know, except for what I've seen in the movies. I don't know zilch right. about it. I, 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 I can only imagine the use of size five female panties would be, mm-hmm. you want to wear them. You'd think. In his situation exclusively because he wasn't walking amongst the others. No. He had special security because they were worried about him being uh, embezzled. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, embezzled? That's not the right term. Extorted? Extorted, yes. Uh, Thank you, by the way. Well done. (laughs) It's got a long week, so hold on to a lot of those, okay? (laughs) Why? uh, Hey, you didn't didn't know the word, so I'd settle there, Gimpy. That's okay. I wasn't even trying. Why would they? We know. uh, (laughs) I'm just here. That's it. Uh, What else do you want from me? Why would they? I don't know. Work. Why would they allow him to buy women's underwear? Like, there's no need that a man has for them. It seems like a strange thing to allow. Excellent question, because there also were no females in this prison. Why was it even available for purchase? That is so weird. Yeah, if you can't have, you know, whatever, I don't know, cigarettes you want or just whatever random thing that maybe the prison doesn't allow, but they allow women's panties to be sold? I mean, I I don't know how the commissary works, right? Mm. I don't know if... It's just like a website, like it's Amazon for prison. I don't know. <laughs> it's got everything on there. You know what I mean? They have one place you go to and stuff just gets delivered. I don't, I'm not I'm not 100% sure on that. But it is odd that he bought those. There were some other things in there that were odd. Like they referred to him as a client, not an inmate. They, his um, extra security that he had to have, mm-hmm. uh, he made them not wear prison guards. They wore suits. What? Um, he was supposed to have six days of release. But he ended up getting set. They started giving him seven. So just a lot of weird, weird things mm-hmm. that happen with it. Mm-hmm. But the women's prison, under, the women's underwear thing, I, I cannot understand. Five in the spectrum of female underwear, from what I understand, is big underwear. It's not big in terms of Mama June. Right, 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 right. It's just not two. Right. It's your average size. It's an average size, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He has to be wearing them then. 
He has to be. That, that's what I thought. But I look at the guy, but I'm like, I, I don't know did much you, wait, about... Did you go look to see how his physique looked to see well, if he wore a five? Well, just I am. Looking I'm at the guy, like, you, from, I the, expect. from the pictures that I've seen of him, you uh-huh. know, trying to recall that information, and I'm like... I don't know much about women's underwear except for how to take them off. I'm like, does he is he a size five? He's maybe more of like a size eight, maybe even. So in all your experiences of wearing women's clothes, you didn't wear women's underwear? Oh, hell no, man. Don't ah, uh, hell no. Yeah, well, I no. feel like we learned something Wait. about you in regards to female clothes pretty on a rig. So. A dress and a halter top and some stuffed Halter bras. top, you mean bra? No, well, no, it was different. What's a halter top? Whatever goes around the top. It's not a bra. Bra's the over-the-shoulder boulder holder. This is just a shirt that went on over it or whatever. Strapless shirt. You never wore a bra? Well, yeah, you have to. You got well, How else are you going to have boobs? You got to stuff those things up full of socks. Okay, so you have worn ladies' undergarments. So for me asking eh. about wearing panties, eh. it's not a giant leap. But oh, it's wait. a huge leap, yes. Question. So did you wear your boxers under a skirt? Because yes. it seems like we bunched up and be ugly. Well, I don't you, think you think I'm trying to go for you know. I don't know. You were worried about getting the bra, here. right? <laughs> no, no. Of course, I wear my drawers underneath those. They're mine. Of course, I wear. Not I did. Not <laughs> when that happened. <laughs> Whatever, man. I don't care. Live yeah. your best life. The, uh, but I don't think this was for like a female friend. I think he was wearing them. Yeah. And if he could get them, he's in a cell, so then other people have to know that that's what he's doing. They're like, here's your size five underwear. We're just going to turn our backs while you, you know, dance in them here's, or whatever you do, you creeper. Here's the thing. He also, they didn't lock his cell. He got to, you know, I'm, I'm going to say the phrase a little differently, but he he got to exit and, and uh, enter his cell any way he wanted or how he wanted. Yeah. Just roam about? Yeah, pretty much. Free free range. Free Epstein. range, because they didn't lock his his cell. He had the security guards dressed in suits. That was for when he left. Oh, okay. And he was out in public. Okay. Not just roaming the, the, the yeah. aisles of the, the jailhouse or yeah, whatever. He, he, for, That's from the what way I understand. I from what okay. I understand from the article this morning, yeah, that I read. Why is that? So he doesn't get, you know, embarrassment that he's being, you know, secured by prison guards? I don't know. That's what if different. one of us tried that special request? It wouldn't like, happen. I know I got a DUI. Where, in prison or here? <laughs> I'm just saying. Because the answer's the same for both, by the way. Right. <laughs> like, um, I know I got a Dewey and I got to do some time, but can people in suits walk into my car? Walk into your car? Walk me to my car. Oh, walk you to your car. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's very bizarre. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe amongst people of financial success that go to prison, this is not an uncommon tale. Right. Not, uh, the underwear part, I'm not sure, but I'm talking about cell and locked security. Uh, the guards are wear suits. Right? Special treatment. Yes. Yeah. And I, and like he got to watch TV whenever he wanted, which was in the article, which I, to be honest, don't feel like that's a giant red beacon of danger. It's not held down here at the mosque. They've got cable TV in there. It's in the general area. You don't get it in your cell. Yeah. You, you all got to agree that you want to watch Wendy Williams or whatever. Pretty much. <laughs> But I don't. I to me that it wasn't as alarming as his cell was unlocked. Yeah, that's bizarre. So he was basically on. By the way, and he was on work release, so he didn't stay there all day. Just come on in. Hey, I'm just gonna do some time real quick. Hey, check it in. Right. I got my cup of coffee here to pick up my mail. Right. My underwear. Shut the door. Kachunk. All right. Cool. I'm out. Open the door and leave. Okay. So he ordered female underwear. He was on work release. Mm-hmm. Here is the big thing for me. Mm-hmm. On why all this doesn't make any sense. If he was buying female underwear to wear, mm-hmm. why 
would he just not be more private about it in order to have it delivered to his home? Or he was going home. Why not just get his women, the female underwear from home? Right. Is he get going the ones home? you're more comfortable he with. He went home every day. <laughs> he was on work release. Okay, I thought work release, they like escorted you to whatever, the yeah. engine room where you just got to do stuff. No, no, no. He got work release to go to work, go mm-hmm. to his office. Oh, my and do God. his work. Yeah, where he made the guard stand outside, and he stood, it was in a closed door. So you were pretty much just having a sleepover at the prison for I mean, I don't know if I would call it a sleepover, but I hear what you're saying. Well, well I mean, you get to do whatever you want and then just yeah. go back there to stay the night, yeah. wear your women's underwear. Yeah. Yeah, that's shady. That's yeah. so crappy. I'd be pissed if I was a prison inmate. Like, wait. What are they going to do, complain? No, I just, I, I get that, obviously, but that's Not sucks. fair. <laughs> yeah, that's not. It's not fair, I agree, but as an inmate, I don't. How many times do they hear that? Right. I mean, it doesn't make it less fair. Shut up. You broke the law too, and you get to you get to leave Mm. every day, and it's not the same. I have a you know dumbass marijuana possession misdemeanor, whatever, and this guy gets to roam freely. That sucks. Because this guy's got millions. The guy who got popped for a quarter bag of weed ain't got anything. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Well, then I got me thinking about. I mean. So let's say he wore women's underwear. Let's say he wore women's underwear and didn't um, didn't want anybody to know that like they ch- searched his bags when he came back into the prison, mm-hmm. and so that's why he didn't put it in his bag. He that, but he still had it ordered and delivered. That so makes it public know. record at mm-hmm. that point. And it's just weird on the idea that his whole life was based off deception. His whole life, yeah. Everything he did was about cloak and dagger. Everything. <laughs> How do you think figuratively speaking i didn't that, mean yeah. it like yeah, yeah, you yeah, yeah gross yeah. disgusting yeah. human beings it's like you know you raise your kids to be good decent people you know what i mean just just follow the rules don't get in any trouble you know and then they turn out to be this guy like i wonder how his folks feel yeah about all i mean this. i don't know i'm not even i don't even think about that i'm just talking about to have to live your life mm. via deception constantly that's a lot of stress man a lot of work seems like it you have to keep up on top of everything all the lies that you've ever told and hope that one doesn't cross the other one. Or you don't care. You right, you got money, care. you can just throw at that. Right. Like, whoever whoever finds out, I can pay them mm. off. doesn't mm. matter. You, you don't even care if you get caught. I mean... Right? Because you're like, well, okay, I'll just tell another lie. Yeah. Right. I don't have to keep track of my lies, I'll just tell another lie. Right. I'll get some other person in power to vouch for me. Yes. Mm-hmm. Or I'll give you a money to shut up. <laughs> I like money. Which is what he did. Yeah. On a lot of instances. Ah, just a bizarre human being. Besides the obvious of what we know. Mm-hmm. Just of like his day-to-day means. Yes. Yeah. Just a, f- uh, I don't want to say fascinating because to me, fascinating individuals are like uh, Muhammad Ali, mm-hmm. Aretha Franklin. Right, right. Martin Luther King Jr., mm-hmm. right? Jim Thorpe. Like, that, like mm-hmm. amazing human beings that defied odds over and over again. Mm-hmm. Epstein? No, not so much. Epstein is not a fascinating in that respect. No, but his the psychology of quagmire. Him. He's yeah. a quagmire, right? Okay. Okay. Uh, the idea of figuring him out, mm-hmm. or just super interesting. He could be interesting. I feel like that's a compliment to call you interesting. Yeah. When you're wrapped mm. up in all this kind of nastiness, yeah, that that's not a word that I would use for that guy. Right? Child molestation, child trafficking. Sex trafficking, mm-hmm. interesting. I'm interested in that. Mm-hmm. Eh, eh, no, no. <laughs> I don't want to say that in those words. 
But I, but it, I would go without the industry of human trafficking is one that I enjoy reading about because I'm so ignorant to it. Mm-hmm. I get scared, and he, I don't <laughs> like those datelines. That's worst case scenario. Just what do you mean? Because I, I don't want to be sex trafficked. I feel like how does reading or learning about it make you part of it? it I just don't like watching it. I lo- I'll watch. But you murder. watch murders. I'll but wa- yes, I'll watch murder all day long. But the sex trafficking ones just make I don't know makes me feel bad. How does one create less anxiety or stress than the other when you're doing know, the same thing? You're not practicing in either one. I would rather just- I would rather be killed than sex trafficked for the rest of my life. Makes me so sad. You feel that listening to or watching something about murder. Mm-hmm. There's also just watching it gives the reality that it could happen to you. Well, it's. No, it's just like when I like when I watch murder or I listen to murder stuff or watch murder stuff, like I can watch it and be entertained by it and not feel like that could happen to me. I don't feel like Jeff's going to kill me. You know, uh-huh. I'm not cheating with four other people and like all that. But when I watch sex trafficking stuff, like these girls that are in sex rings for 10, 15 years and then get killed afterwards, it just makes me sad. It breaks my heart because it feels sure. like there's no like uh I guess resol- closure, resolution. They're just there. But you're not worried about it happening to you. Well, That's why you don't watch it. Well, I just, it's like that would be the worst case scenario in my head if I got sex trafficked. To be fair, that, I don't think you have to worry about that. Well, I don't Typi- know. Typically, Going to Mexico. <laughs> no, typically it's younger, it's younger, younger women. Yeah, you're past like, the you. age. Yeah. No, no, like 16. No, no, I'm not trying to be insulting. They want somebody in their early 20s, Sam, not somebody in their early 30s. Right, like you're past the point of being sex trafficked. I think you are. I think you're good. I think you are. <laughs> there, there's a niche out there for some uh, older okay. women. Yeah. yeah. Not, no, I would be, I'm, okay. Oh, an older woman. Oh, yeah. Listen, listen assholes. No, 33. Oh my god. That is the best insult ever. Like It's not an insult. Happy birthday after 30. You, now you're out of your you know, sex trafficking zone. I think <laughs> it's safe to day. say anybody over the age of 30 or t- late 20s isn't getting sex trafficked. <laughs> the percentage would be small. Oh. Unless you're super hot and then it's okay. <laughs> I can't believe you took offense to that. You're insulted by that. No, I love it's just like you're too old. Settle. You're not gonna get sex trafficked. You're not. How is that an insult? Kidnapped and raped. Yeah, Sam. and this asshole behind me is like, unless you're super hot, eat it. No, I think over a certain age, there's no way Kate Upton would be sex trafficked, right? You think so? Yeah, oh. she's hot enough. Yeah. yeah, I think she could be. It's sex not trafficked. about hot, you, you freaks. I mean, it's not about hot. It's about being manipulated. Ooh, but no, because not all people that are sex trafficked are manipulated. A lot of them are taken. Yeah, Have you seen all... Taken? Okay, you mean the movie with Liam Neeson? Yes, okay, that happens. Yes, of course. People uh, get kidnapped to be sex trafficked. Yeah, they're manipulated. But She's they're... manipulated. They're, they were manipulated to believe, to put their guard down. I mean, no. I mean, there's people that They just... were manipulated in the airport. Well, I'm saying people that get sex, sex trafficked, they get they can be kidnapped and taken against their will, and then of course stolen. That's of course. what I'm talking about. But they're manipulated to put their guard down. I mean, I don't think so. There, I mean, you I, didn't that see happens. that scene when the guy yeah. was like, "Hey, like da 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 da," and then found out where they like followed him, like they let him into their circle, and that's how they found out. That's where the uh, that's where the Kokosia guys or whatever found out where they lived. Yes. 
in Taken. So they were manipulated. Yes, in Taken. Yes, they were. But I, in real Just life. Just using your reference. In real life, people get kidnapped against their will. All right. So listen, mm-hmm. moral of the story. <laughs> if you're going to buy underwear, don't do it in prison because it comes public record. Uh, tickets to Skillet we're going to give away best and worst of the weekend. We've got our listeners are awesome. Jeff Hensley will join us. So you have a question about divorce or spousal support or division of assets, uh, then you can definitely call in with your questions when he's in the studio at 9 o'clock, and we'll be back. Let's rock. More of the Big Man Morning Show is next. 97.5 KMOD. Good morning, it's the Big Man Morning Show, 918-460-KMOD. You can also text BMMS and then what you want to say to 82945 News Quickies. Stories you may have missed in the news and then we cover them here. It's time for News Quickies, world news, local news, and news that just makes you say what the f***. Now here's Corbin, Kimpy, and Sam to fill you in on what's going on. News Quickies from the Big Man Morning Show in 97.5 KMOD. Man impersonating a police officer pulls over a van full of detectives. So 25-year-old Valerie Portluck, it's a dude, he turned on some emergency lights and sat Valerie? Out. Valerie, yep. That's a guy's His name. His parents were confused. Yes. So uh, he turned on the emergency lights and sat in an air horn on a roadway Friday morning, 30 miles from New York City, and he tried to pull over this van. So he does that, and then the detectives identify themselves so then he just runs. He goes to his car, swerves into <laughs> oncoming traffic, and then goes down um, the highway where he eventually gets pulled over by Highway Patrol. When Highway Patrol caught up to him, he didn't have any problem. He just got arrested, and uh, he was charged with criminal impersonation, reckless endangerment, and fleeing the police. You dumbass. And he, the, the van was full of detectives from the Nassau County Police Department electronic squad. Like, hey, dudes, we're, we're, we're detectives. <laughs> uh, about that. Can I see your badge? Oh, you don't have one? We do. No, right. We all do. That's hilarious. Uh, woman torches house after booty call falls through. So this happened earlier this month up in New Jersey where this gal, her name's Tiha Russell. She's 29. She went over to her male companion's house about 4 in the morning, right? Was going to go get some D. Apparently, that's what she thought anyway. So she knocks on the door, knock, 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 never gets an answer. Texts this guy up, blows up his phone, never gets an answer. Well, dude fell asleep. It happens sometimes. She didn't like it too much. So what she did, she went down to the gas station, she got some lighter fluid, she got some matches and a cigarette lighter as well. And she goes and she sets the front door on fire. And then bounces out of Jesus. There. <laughs> the guy that was in the house ended up escaping through a window. He had to go to the hospital for smoke inhalations and some minor burns. Now, this woman here, she is looking at felony charges of uh, attempted homicide, aggravated arson, and aggravated assault. Uh, the fire department noticed that there was some signs of arson, and that's when they did their investigation and found out that Ms. Russell here was the one that set the house on fire. Damn. (laughs) Well, he learned his lesson. Sure, right? Yeah, don't be messing with that bitch no more.
Skydiver survives 5,000-foot fall after parachute malfunctions. Mm. This woman in Canada was skydiving, and her parachute didn't open. There was another crew getting ready to go up for their jump and watched her fall and waited for something to happen, and nothing happened. She fell from 5,000 feet, which is a little under a mile uh, up, and she landed in some wooded area, suffered some fractures, broken vertebrae, and was taken to the hospital. A representative with the U.S. Parachute Association says that uh, the main parachute must be deployed for the backup to be able to um, be um, deployed as well. So if one doesn't come out, there is no backup. I always thought that was oh the secondary God, was for, yeah. like, if the first one, the primary, didn't come out, that's why you have the, a secondary. From, from what this person said, huh. the primary has to be, because you can have it deployed right. and not open. Right. But it has to be deployed for the backup to work. For so, the backup to have space to go. From what this said, I always thought one was in the back, one in the front. Hey, now. But. That's <laughs> uh, terrifying. I, yeah. And that the police are investigating for criminal intent. Um, but the Parachute Association says that, you know, normally this is just user error in terms of packing your parachute. Right, because you're supposed to, like, when you're doing solo jumps, you're supposed to pack your own chute, right? Yeah. Yeah. I do not trust myself enough. <laughs> There's no way. But I think if you've done enough solo, you know, to the point where you can jump solo, you yeah. know what you're doing. You you should know anyway. Yeah. I mean, I hear you, mm-hmm. but I've made scrambled eggs a hundred times. Right. But occasionally I don't do it correctly. Right, right. Every so, now and again you get a get a piece of white in there. Making scr- yes, making scrambled eggs, mm-hmm. not no. a big deal. Jumping from 5,000 feet. I feel like I want to be right 100% of the time. For real, for real. And to survive a 5,000 foot. Not uncommon. Yeah. The body's pretty, pretty buoyant. Buoyant, yes. <laughs> you will bounce. All these stories are on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash BMMS69. You're listening to the Big Mad Morning Show. This is Tulsa's Morning Show. 97.5 KMOD. Good morning. It's the Big Mad Morning Show. 918-460-KMOD. You can also text BMMS and then what you want to say to 82945. And joining us from 1430, the buzz is Pop. Good morning, Pop. Hey, good morning. How are you guys? Better than we should be, I would think. Uh, So we had some crazy news uh, from the NFL regarding one of their players, and I'm not 100% sure on on the chain of events that caused this. Maybe you can clear it up with, um, what is it, Cedric Benson, right? Yeah, Cedric Benson, maybe considered to be one of the top 10 running backs ever out of the state of Texas. I mean, this is a guy that rushed for, I think, he. do you remember the movie Friday Night Lights? Oh, yeah. Remember Odessa Permian's big rival, Midland Lee? Yeah. He played for Midland Lee. They won three straight state championships with, with Cedric Benson. Dang. He rushed for... I believe close to ten thousand yards as when in his high school career. Um, actually, let me take that back. I think it was around eight thousand. But in his senior year alone, he ran for thirty five hundred yards in his senior year, and it set it, it set the five A record 
for most runs in a season in Texas high school football. And there have been some freaking Hall of Famers in the NFL come out of Texas. So he's he's a big deal. He goes to Texas. He ends up being the sixth all-time rusher uh, there in college football history. Goes to the NFL and I th- rushes for si- over 6,000 yards in the NFL. When you do that, you're doing something correct. Um, I, the only thing that I know is is that on – a couple hours before he left, and this was Saturday evening, he was posting photos. He has one of those BMW motorcycles, and uh, he was posting photos on Instagram. And his caption just simply said, my Saturday evening, with a picture of the bike. Um, and the motorcycle was traveling uh, west on this uh, RM2222. It's called Mount Bonnell Road. And uh, evidently a white minivan pulled out in front of him. And he hit that, and the impact sparked a fire as well and said that there was maybe some other things that helped factor into the crash, such as his speed. But when I talk to someone that bikes on a regular basis or rides on a regular basis inside of Austin, they said that that area is kind of known to be a very dangerous road. And Gimpy, you know this as someone that rides a lot. You know there are areas and roads that... Mm -hmm. You better pay a little bit more attention on that are scenic routes for bikers, but you still know they're a little bit more dangerous. This was evidently one of those. Mm. So this van pulls out in front of him, and ultimately uh, he passes away. So does so does the passenger that was on the bike with him. Yeah, and the the road sounds like it's a rural road, but it's it's just north of the of the campus yes. down in Austin. Correct. So was it the van's fault or his or both? Uh, as of right now, they're still trying to determine what, what exactly went down. So they haven't placed blame on anybody yet. When I immediately heard this pop, I was like, why is he, I I didn't realize he wasn't even, you know, involved in the NFL anymore, but yeah, he's not, uh, but he's, he's not, but it's such a crazy story that kind of jarred the NFL. Yeah. I mean, he's 36 for crying out loud. Um, hasn't been out of the league for that long, but when you Texas is such a unique football community because that's just ingrained in the culture and the DNA of who they are and it's that whole Friday night lights type scenario that we talked about those guys are just they're looked at as as heroes to a lot of people so many people have come out of Texas that are still in the league or people that played regionally, like I, I know people here that went to college here, like at Oklahoma or Oklahoma State or TU, that look at Cedric Benson like he's a hero because they grew up in Texas around the same time that he did, or now that they're younger, they grew up idolizing this guy. Um, I, I mean, you you just run down the greats that come out of that state, and he's listed amongst them. Uh, you can see why now. He was, he was a hero to a lot of these younger kids. Right, and... Still was a big part of the Austin and the the uh, yes. Longhorn community too. He had a non for profit there, right? Yes, he did. And he, helping underprivileged kids. A lot of those guys go there and stay because Austin's a really cool place to live. I think he was trying to be involved in the Longhorn network as well with a little extra work uh, whenever he could. But yeah, those guys go back and continue to try to give back as much as possible. But he's been a a pretty regular face around Austin since he's been done with the league. Sad. Yeah, that's that. I mean, you know, I've, I'm not a Longhorn fan, but that's you think about that football community, and that's just a that's just a 
tragic event for them to have to deal with as you know football season's just getting ready to start and you imagine the football team's going to do something to commemorate him throughout the season I would assume yeah that they will something really respectful like put his number on their helmet or something Something like that. Texas has been pretty good at that, and I'm not a regular viewer of the Longhorn Network. I would assume that there's something in the plans as well to try to honor him via the uh, television network that they have. Maybe spray paint his number on the field? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Probably. They'll probably go and throw something like that down. Um, But now you look at Oklahoma and Texas, and both of them have had pretty important members of their history pass away in the last week, you know, with Mike Gaddis and now with uh, Cedric Benson. So maybe they'll do something during the OU-Texas game there at the State Fair. Haven't heard anything yet. Um, but, you know, much smarter people than myself handle things like that. Yeah, well, there's a big difference between planning for someone who's near the end of their life or dealing with a bat, you know, a terrible disease and someone that's 36 years young. Um, Getting you know, in tragic- a fiery crash. Yeah, tragically. There's no way they were prepared for something like that to have no. something planned uh, to happen. Just, uh, yeah, that's unfortunate. And I would imagine uh, with it being the championship celebration, was it the... Uh, the season, the championship season that uh, OU is celebrating this year, that I just saw, it was in the paper. I thought um, that there's a lot going on in both schools to kind of promote and celebrate, whether it's someone's life and their career with the team or what the team previous teams had accomplished. There's a how, how do you decipher which one to se- like what to celebrate? Yeah, I know, and you can't even like for the most part, if even if you wanted to honor someone, even on say throw their picture up on season tickets, all those are already printed and out. So that's pretty much out the out the mm. window. Um, yeah, I, I moment think of silence. Uh, well, I think the other thing too that you do is you probably try to make efforts on one of those games, and I've seen this done before. If someone was that involved in a in a charity, which obviously Cedric Benson was, I think at that point you try to set up stations around different areas in Austin, different places on campus, and even during the game. And I can remember a couple of games that I went to was you know they were they were still. They even passed a bucket at some at some of the games that I've been to in the past. I don't know if they've done that in a long time, but you go and try to do anything to help, you know, something that he was passionate about, and that was helping other people. Yeah. So I don't know if there's a better way to honor someone than doing that. Can you name a time where someone has died a tragic death and then they put them on a ticket? Uh, not tragically like that. Not professional or like when Derek Thomas died. I think they did that. I they did it, but I think they did it in Kansas City years after he died, like, sounds, like twenty years or something. Sounds morbid, but I mean, timing plays a key role in that, right? I mean, if they yeah. wanted to honor Cedric Benson if he had passed away in say January or February, maybe. But no, they would wait like, longer than that, wouldn't they? I don't know, man. I don't know. Depends. Depends on what the that player's legacy is. <sighs> Is that mm. is that weird to you to put I, him on there that early? Yes, when someone dies tragically, someone like you know Mac Brown, someone who's an institution, mm-hmm. dies, and you know he's going to die, memorializing him immediately thereafter. Mm-hmm. I think makes sense. Someone who tragically dies, 
That is a sensitive wound. You yeah. give it at least yeah. a week or two. You don't no, wanna, like no years. Way. You got to make sure that no one thinks that you've got like a format saved template on your <laughs> desktop. Just insert, insert player face name here. here. Yeah, yeah, you got to oh. make totally, it. You totally do. But yeah. uh, <laughs> like the old bit that the newspapers have yeah. on celebs. Yeah, but maybe I, throw them on a program, Corbin. I don't know. Yeah, uh, there you go. I don't know, man, because I think there's a big difference between memorializing someone who's old and you knew time was, you know old man time was coming to get him and being prepared for that and going like hey he was awesome mm-hmm. and someone tragically dying you might appear to look like you're capitalizing off their death mm. cedric benson's probably going to have a statue at some point at ut i mean there's only been one other guy at ut that's had more yards than him and that's ricky williams right i mean legit icon yeah so they- at some point they probably will right i mean <laughs> It's not like they have a plethora of players, you know, like at OU, no. you got to get a Heisman. Like, you got to do something pretty massive. But what Texas, they're doing they're at like, Texas. Ah, but did you, you die? <laughs> what they're doing at Texas, though, is they're undergoing $150 million renovation to, I think, the south end zone. And they're putting in all types of new amenities there. I, I guess that part of that will probably be named, like, you know, the Cedric Benson south end zone. Or they'll do something. They'll have some mural to him somewhere. They probably already do, to be quite honest. Somewhere inside the football complex. But it, wouldn't that be re- that type of stuff be reserved for like Heisman winners? Uh, I mean, he won the Doak Walker Award, so that's. I mean, oh, I mean, no, I know, but only like that's not the Heisman. No, it's or not. Is it but because it's still they have a- su- such little Heisman winners that they got to resort <laughs> to like the third, the second, and third place award. But it's still a pretty prestigious award to win, the Doak Walker Award. I mean, I, I'm almost willing to guarantee that they have something that's on their walls that, that commemorates that. Sure, their walls is different than naming the end zone. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm trying to look here. Um, Why would you not, name I, I don't grass? even know if it's like naming the, <laughs> the end zone. It's just they have a wall of everyone that's won right. like Outland trophies, Lombardi trophies, things like that. I mean, there's still a place for, for guys like that. I mean, he's the sixth all-time leading rusher in college football. He's got to be up on something. Yeah, he definitely needs his name somewhere. <laughs> he finished sixth in the Heisman voting in 2004, by the way. Sixth. Almost. Yeah. Almost. It just goes to show you can be an amazing athlete and it's still not enough. Yeah, of course. Tragic for UT fans. We're sorry you're dealing with that today. Yeah, it sucks, man. 36 years old, passing away on a motorcycle wreck. That's that's terrible. Gruesome. Uh, One other final note before we say goodbye is that, uh, man, Antonio Brown, he left training camp again (laughs) yesterday. Of course he did. God. He just he comes back, he practices, and now he leaves again. Why this time? Mm, the helmet thing again. It's like he's good for a few days, and then he's got to throw another tantrum, and then he's and then he leaves practice. He's uh, he's pissed Mike Mayock off now, the GM, and we'll tell you what the general manager of the Raiders' comments are next. It's Balls to the Wall Sports, Jeremy Poplin, 97.5 KMOD. All right, stupid corporate cram down right now. They're forcing us to take a 30-second break, but we'll be right back, so don't go anywhere. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning. It's the Big Mad Morning Show. 918-460-KMOD. You can also text BMMS and then what you want to say to 82945. We've got tickets to Skillet we're going to give away. Right now it's time for best and worst of the weekend. What's the best thing that happened this weekend and the worst thing that happened this weekend? Sam, what's the best and what's the worst? The best is, um, well, my sister bought a new house, so I got to go see her new house, which is pretty awesome. And then um, me and Jeff, like, purged our house we cleaned out every single closet i cleaned out a bunch of clothes like everything it i don't want to hear it from you dude sir. dude dude she sent me a photo y'all it had four items in it <laughs> oh my god you're such a liar there's so many i i think that we cumulatively because i made jeff do the same thing too in our closet i think together we at least had over a hundred items. Gimpy, I'm sending you the photo uh-huh. she sent me. Uh-huh. Now, full disclosure, I'm wrong. There isn't four. <laughs> <laughs> There's five. It's not a monstrous pile. Oh, you're crazy. That's but you got to so look at who you're talking to here, Corbin. I mean, to her, four I, things could be a monstrous that, pile. That's the fine. That keeps everything. That's yeah. fine. I understand that. But she made it sound like she just threw a ton of stuff away. Well, and there's like. N- the picture she showed me of the progress mm-hmm. was like, that's not a ton. It was a ton. And this is all just mine. I also made Jeff do the same thing. And then we also went through our front closet that had some like boxes from just random stuff, like from my old storage unit that had stuff from like high school and our, my old office at the other building. And so anyways, we just like super cleaned and super duper organized and it was pretty, it's it was like a ton of work, but it was awesome. That's a that's a pile of stuff. Not a massive pile. No, I was thinking like you know when you say massive, like the size of a love seat. That's a massive pile of clothes. At least that goes to okay. the handle of the item you've packed. You're stacking stuff next to. <laughs> it doesn't even go to the. It's not even that tall. Mm. Well, it was a lot. Okay. It seemed like a lot. Yeah. yeah. It was a lot for me. Well, you you quantified it to me. Very clearly, that's a lot of memories. Yes, for her. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, and then the worst part of my weekend. Well, so over Labor Day, I'm going to visit my boot camp friend in Cleveland, and I'm booking my own plane ticket. And Jeff's like, "Wait for me, I'll do it with you." And I was like, "No, I'm a grown up. I can book my ticket by myself." Fierce. I got this. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna fly by myself, which I'm really scared to do. And. <laughs> I feel like that's not even the right aggressive nature word to use on how you feel. Well, I'm okay. I'm flying by myself and I'm terrified to do that. (laughs) And so anyways, I'm like, we'll get you one of those little tags that they do with little children. Pin it to your shirt. shirt, And then the the, the stewardesses know to be like, will someone please sit next to this lady? Right. (laughs) Take care of her. 30 something years old. Shut up. I'm scared. (laughs) Well, you won't have to worry about getting sex trafficked. Truth. Well, so so because I'm like, I'm going to be a grown-up and fly by myself, I can book my own ticket. So Jeff's like, wait for me. And I was like, no, I got this. 
stupid. Don't worry about it. And then <laughs> what I, could go wrong? I booked my ticket and didn't pay attention to AM and PMs. So on Monday, rather than coming back at 11 in the morning, I booked it. So I'm coming back at 11.30 at night. Oh, damn. I know. That's a big mistake. <laughs> and so on Friday, it was kind of a mess. I did end up getting it changed, but I had to have Jeff to help me get it changed. I couldn't change it myself. So. You couldn't figure out how to do it, so no. you needed him anyway. <laughs> I, I, I like, and I really did try by myself to like, You did right, try. That I, is true. I made a mistake. I can fix the mistake by myself. And I was like, I can't do it. So, yeah. And uh, so anyways, paying for that plane ticket kind of hurt. How much? 600 bucks. What? Mm-hmm. To go to Cleveland? Yeah. I thought I just saw one yesterday that, that was a 130 round trip. No way. There's what no way. When you way. Go first class. I'm not gotta... flying first class. <laughs> Are you No way. I even like had to pick seats in the back of the plane and I hate that because you got to wait so long to go through and I just get anxiety and like oh my god, I'm so scared. Anyways, so yes, that was probably the worst. Best and worst of the weekend, 918-460-KMOD. What's the best thing that happened and what's the worst? Gimpy, best and worst. Best part, yesterday my brother and I uh, went out to Bartlesville and played in this disc golf tournament, uh, which was pretty cool. There's a lot of people out there. Um, we didn't do too well. I mean, we did like three over, which isn't too awful bad, but not near as good to like take anything home, which is okay. We're just out there to play anyway. You know, not trying to be competitive and whatnot. So that's the best part. Uh, worst part of the weekend, uh, we went out riding. Saturday, okay, um, went out to Grand, my brother and I, hopped on the bikes, took a little ride up 20, up 82 through Spavanaugh, out towards Grand or whatever, cool. Your brother has a bike? No, he's using my other one. My okay. One. Okay. So, uh, we're cool, and I'm like, I think I got about another 10, 15 miles before I got to worry about, you know, stopping for gas. I've never ran this new bike out of gas on a full tank to see how far I can actually go. I know with the other one, I can get about 117, 120 before... I got to start getting worried about gas or whatever. I'm like, all right, so I'm at like just under 100. I'm sure I can make it to the next gas station, surely. Surely, this has got a bigger tank. It can make it further than this other one over here, okay? So we're cruising down the road, minding our own business. You son of a bitch. You would, wouldn't you? All right, well, we sit there and try to fire it up, see if I can get just a little bit of gas to get me down the road to the next gas station, which is like 10 miles down the road or whatever. Finally flipped it on over to uh, the reserve tank, got her fired it back up, and then hauled ass, boom, to the next town. Uh, Langley? Yeah. And then stopped there and had something to eat, got some gas, da 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 Finally made it home, but that was the worst part, just being stuck on the side of the road and wondering. For oh a few God. seconds, do you right. turn it to reserve? Right, because I wasn't <laughs> sure if I was going, if it was going to work. I wasn't about to push this son of a bitch 10 miles to the next, you know, gas station. So. Your brother would have driven you. You just have to yeah, right, back bitch. on his yeah, bike. Yeah, I'm good on that. You would rather walk 10 miles than to hug your brother, I would rather bitch. send him to go get a gas can mm. to fill it up to ride it back. And gotcha. I'll sit there on the side of the road and mind my own. Best and worst of the weekend, 918-460-KMOD. What's the best thing that happened and what's the worst thing that happened this weekend? Best part of the weekend uh, for me was that uh, it was just a good family weekend. Did stuff with my girls uh, all two days, which was fun. And then the uh, worst part of the weekend was uh, my youngest has a little rash thing happening, and she had, we had to put her on like a steroid thing, which is uh, you can't you have to taper it off. Like it takes a lot of management. You can't just give them a pill and say good luck. It's not like Tylenol. No, it's not like Tylenol. Best and worst of the weekend. A text that came in said, "Best the AC didn't quit. Worst these puppies have got to learn to pee outside. They're little pee machines trying to." 
trying to down me. Yes. They are little pea machines trying to drown me. Two tablespoons at a time. <laughs> uh, let's go to the phone, and Peter is on. Hi, Peter. How are you? How's it going, guys? Good, man. Good. What's the best and what's the worst? Uh, best this weekend was uh, yesterday I went out and played disc golf for the first time. Uh, met some awesome people, and they were great. Helped me out. Looking forward to the Fairway to Hell tournament that I've already entered in for you guys. Great. Yeah. Great. So, what's the worst? The uh, worst is I got locked out Saturday morning of my work office for four hours in the back office area where it was like 95 degrees, no air conditioning. How did that happen? It, uh, I went through a door, and I thought I unlocked it, and it was locked, and I didn't have my keys or my cell phone on me, and just got stuck in the back. Hey, now. How right boring. on. Peter got stuck in the back. All right, man. Appreciate you calling in, man. Have a great day. You too, guys. Thank you. See you later. Gary is on for best and worst. Hi, Gary. How are you? I'm great. Good, man. What's the uh, best and what's the worst? Oh, okay. All right. Walmart. See you, later. you can't swear. Good God. <laughs> can't swear. Got to get you to uh, use the radio-friendly <laughs> language. So, sorry about that. We had to hang up on you. Best and worst of the weekend. Um... Best had my USPSA comp this weekend. Did all right on it. Worse, the heat was ridiculous, and that made the comp rough. Uh, what do you think USPSA is, Sam? Uh, Sam? Ooh. Well, United States Personal United States Postal Service Association. Yeah. That's where they get together and they see who can deliver the mail go. the best. Yeah, they have mm-hmm. like just a neighborhood apartments, and they're like, "All right, go." United States Practical Shooting Association. Ah, oh, that makes sense. Has a completely different feel. Yeah. <laughs> See, Tyler is on now. Hey, Tyler, how are you? Hey, got to turn your radios down. We're a live show. Good morning, Colt. How are you? What's up, man? How you doing? Good. Good. I'm great. Good. What's the best and what's the worst? Best thing is, man, I finally got a replacement car. My car broke down a week ago. And uh, Sunday, I got a replacement for it, and it's a great little car for me to get to work and back. That's the best. The worst part of my tooth chipped off, and so I have an exposed nerve over in the left-hand corner of my mouth, so it hurts a little bit. But I got antibiotics, and I'm going to get it. Yeah. How did you chip your tooth that bad? Man, it started as a small cavity, ended up getting bigger, and then a piece of candy. Piece of candy. So hold on. So so that can happen. (laughs) (laughs) Neglect, sir. I'm sorry. Cut out. Can you hear me? Neglect is the reason it fell off. It chipped off. Yes, exactly. Oh my god. Oh my god. I did not think that could happen. Why not? I mean, I I thought maybe they can like crumble out, but not like oh, you've got a cavity and it's gonna chip off. Yeah, just it weakens and then something just dunks it off. Oh god. I need to get my mouth worked on. So so when when are you getting that fixed? Uh, Hopefully today. (laughs) Wow. I'm gonna go wait. Yeah, hopefully uh, Warren Clinic get me in. What were you eating that broke? What what was the food uh, item? I believe it was a Snickers bar. Oh Jesus, I'm in trouble. Didn't satisfy you that time, did it? How much did it break off? <laughs> oh man, uh, enough to where you can see like inside of my tooth. Oh, uh, oh my bad. god! Oh 
God, Sam, it's not that Wait, bad. So it... listen, I want to I want to make sure, give you a chance here. Yeah, you br- I would imagine you brush your teeth. Like, what would you say the oh, reason yeah. is? Um, man, like you hadn't been the to the dentist in a while. Uh, I, I drink a lot of pop and sweets, and this is the one tooth that's had the worst cavity in it that I haven't gotten fixed. I've gotten two other ones pulled, but this one was the last one that could have been saved with the filling, and so I decided to wait before I got it pulled, and now I don't think it can be saved anymore uh, with the filling. So, How long have you known you it was a cavity? How long? Oh, at least six months. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. I'm not judging you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's not like I chose. Yeah, uh, you know, if I could get it taken care of, I would have. Uh, situations, you know, man, certain situations, certain kids have the money yeah. to take. Yeah. What care took of priority over your teeth? Uh, rent. <laughs> oh, place to stay. And you have no yeah. medical insurance. Uh, not not good. Not really. You it, do, it, it just doesn't, doesn't cover everything is what you're saying. It, exactly. I have to pay for most of it. Right on. Well, good luck, man. Yeah. I hope that gets fixed. Hey, Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. I listen to you guys every morning. You're the best. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. See you later. Yeah. Sam, least, do you have any cavities you know about? Uh, yes. <laughs> and do you I really? For, yes. That's what, that's what I need to get my mouth worked on. You have cavities in your mouth right now. Yeah. And how long have you? How many? I think I have six. <laughs> and 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 like how long? On, I, it's like scattered throughout my teeth, but yeah, like six. Uh, how long have I had them? Um, probably eight months. I've known about it. Mm-hmm. You cannot neglect your teeth. I'm. Scared. I knew you needed dental work. But I didn't know it was that. That's what I needed dental work for, is so they could get it all done at once, rather than like you know going in there one, two, three, four. My dentist is like, you need to get knocked out and get it all done at once because I have such bad anxiety in the dentist chair. And and when was the last time you were at the dentist where they went, you have cavities? Um. Ooh, that was probably five months ago. Okay, so yeah. it could be worse. Oh, for sure it could be Like worse. you could now yeah. have another cavity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when I was at that appointment, they told me that I needed to go get that done because he's like, uh, just how you are in the chair, it's not a good idea for us to do this four different times. It's just going to be too much. And have you made the appointment? No. <laughs> God. His, his priority was rent. Mine's like Hamilton tickets, going to Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally terrified for you. Well, I didn't know it was that bad. I knew you had anxiety. I just thought it was some routine stuff you needed done. No, you have like a serious problem. Yeah, I'm just, I'm too scared. And I, and, and my dentist doesn't want to have to make four different appointments. I don't want to have to go four different times, but I also don't want to go to that one big appointment. You don't want to go to one appointment, much less four. Yeah. I'm one of those people that believes you got to take care of your teeth or you're not taking care of yourself. No, I agree, but I also... No, you don't. No, I, 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 I agree. Comma, uh, no, you don't. There's comma, not any evidence of that. Comma, I get scared. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't mean you do, though. Yeah. If you do, you'd take care of it. Damn the, damn the situation. No. I'm scared. I, I know. I get I just, it. I just don't want to deal with that anxiety. You need to, you need to make the appointment today. Do it. Mm-hmm. Do it. I know. I'm aware. <laughs> what if it could lead it's to another not medical just problem? You that's telling me this. I understand I know that. that. Yeah, I understand that. But I can still share that with you on the air. That I you, you need to take care of it today. What? It should be the number one priority in your day. I, I'm just oh God. 
I don't want to say yes because I know you'll check up on me tomorrow. Oh, yeah. And then well, I won't do it, and then you'll get mad at me. What do you need to happen? Do you need a tooth to fall out? Because guess what will happen if something bad happens? Mm-hmm. There won't be no, we'll wait to put you under. Hmm. We're just doing it. They're just going to do it. Oh, my God. I just, I don't, I don't You're know. You're literally making your anxiety or stress about it worse. Then going? Yes. Because uh, you're prolonging it. It's like you're asking for them to pull fingernails out of your fingers while they do it. Like, you're just making it worse. I know. Okay, I'll make the appointment. I get it. I don't want a tooth to fall out or crumble in my mouth or bite into a Snickers. Every day you don't make the appointment. That's what you're asking for. Oh, my God. All right, I understand. Or gum disease. Gingivitis. I don't want that either. I like bubbly mouthwash. Uh, do you get bubblegum mouthwash? Is that what you get? No. The, oh, okay. The crust one that bubbles up in your mouth, I like that. Yep. It feels like you're doing something. Yeah, it does. It feels like they're working. <laughs> Rather than going. Right. I'm like, yeah, fix those cavities. <laughs> no, it doesn't fix them. <laughs> I know, but I would like them to because it's way less anxiety than I'm drilling in my mouth for sure. Four areas. <sighs> 724. All right, we got to take a break. We got tickets to Skillet we're going to give away. Tulsa's Morning Show is coming right back. The Big Man Morning Show. Tulsa's Rock Station, 97.5 KMOD. Good morning. Not to beat a dead horse, but I've got to read these two texts because they are unbelievable. Yeah. My wife's grandmother neglected her teeth, got an infection in her jaw, and died. Oh, damn. Sam, this is not a joke. My girlfriend's mom was in a coma because she neglected her teeth and got an infection that almost spread to her brain. She almost died, and it honestly changed her mentally, like brain damage. Jesus. Well, we don't have to worry about that. Let's play a game and give it away. We've got tickets that we're going to give away. Oh my God, if I really did die from my teeth, you guys would have audio to play of me talking about it. Oh God. I don't know if I can handle one more (laughs) person on the show dying. But of all the the reasons for me to die, that would be pretty funny. I don't, I literally, if, I don't know if another person died on the show, if I would continue. Listen, I'm a believer. Like when people tell you to have a tail, (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm not going to believe you the first time. The second time, I'm probably going to turn around and look. Right? So I feel like a second time, it might be me. <laughs> Let's go ahead and give away tickets to Skillet. Uh, so uh, we're going to play the one second game. One second of a famous television show's theme song. Get our first contestant online. Good morning. You're on the air. What is your name? Uh, Cody. Cody, how are you, sir? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Good, man. Cody, one second. Famous television show's theme song. If you guess it correctly, you're going to get tickets to see Skillet with Seven Dust and Pop Evil when they're in town on September 7th, okay? Okay. Here is your clue. I'll give it to you again. Oh, I Dream of Genie. I Dream of Genie is incorrect. I'm sorry, Cody. Have a great day. Uh, you too. Thanks. Good morning. You're on the air. What is your name? Timothy. Cozy? Timothy. Cozy. This is where a Hello? yes or no is appropriate. Cozy? N- no, sir. Timothy. 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 Timothy.
Okay, Timothy, here is your clue. The Cleveland Brown Show. The Cleveland Brown Show. It's not the Cleveland Brown Show. I'm sorry. All right, bud. All right, Timothy. See you later. Or koozie or whatever. He said koozie, right? I think he took something out of his mouth to then say Timothy. Coming from the expert. I've heard that before. Good morning. You're on the air. What is your name? Nathan. Nathan, how are you, sir? I'm good. How are you? Good, sir. Let me play the clue. What is it? It's the Cleveland Show. Yes, it is the Cleveland Show. Yes, right on, man. You're getting tickets to see Skillet when they come to town with Seven Dust and Pop Evil on September 7th. Hang on the line, okay? All right. Sam, did you watch Succession last night? No. If you are not watching this show, it is the most embarrassingly disgusting group of people I've ever watched on television. Mm -hmm. You know, like when you see rich people and they act obnoxious yeah, and you're like, those are disgusting human beings. Mm -hmm. That's what these people are doing, but they're not doing things like murdering. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're not intentionally murdering (laughs) or doing things like that. It's literally watching these people be Menacingly, menacing to each other. Evil. Wow. wow. Evil. Like in in this season, there's a woman, the daughter, married to this other guy who's a dweeb. Mm-hmm. Um, she belittles him in front of everybody constantly, <laughs> and he just takes it because he wants to be rich. He wants to be in with everybody. He wants to be part of that last name. It's disgusting. It's so disgusting. I get so mad watching it because that girl in particular is a cheating ass bitch, and like it enrages me. Oh, to you watch wait. It. Oh, this this oh, this no. episode of the second season, amazing. Even like her dad was like, "You married a guy weaker than you," like calling him a dweeb, and then they're like, "Okay, thanks for saying that." Do you marry people weaker than you? I mean, uh, no. If, if you're that type of person that loves to have all the power. Then yeah. Hmm. Okay, like there's a leader and a follower of every relationship. Yeah, Is that yeah, what you mean? Yeah, somebody. There's a le- oh my gosh. Okay. I don't think there's a leader and a follower in like every relationship uh, because essentially you should be on the same path. But for those people that want all the power, want total control over everything, yeah, I can see how they would marry somebody weaker that they can control and manipulate and get them to do whatever they want all for a little bit of pooty poo. Well, what's fascinating about this season of the show is the son, uh, the eldest, who was set to take over the company, mm. basically tried to do a forceful takeover of the company of his dad. Mm. Dad found out. Basically, he submitted, and now he's just doing whatever his dad tells him to do. Like a and, dog with his tail between his legs. It's sad. Like at the end of the slaps episode, he does what his dad says, and he's like, all right, I want you to office in here. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay. Like, that's pretty much what he says the whole... His line's pretty much the season are, uh-huh, okay. And so... Saddy or a look. Yeah, he goes, all right, make yourself comfortable. I want you to office in here. And he goes, uh-huh, okay. And he goes and just sits at a table and puts his hands, like, waiting for his next order. Wow. Oh, my God. And he's sit, just sitting there, and he's like, do you need anything? And he's like, no. <laughs> like, just eating his S sandwich over wow. and over and over again. Fun. It is a good show. It's called Succession. Uh, we got to take a break, and we'll be back. Tulsa's Morning Show, 97.5.
Good morning. It's the Big Man Morning Show, 918-460-KMOD. You can also text BMMS and then what you want to say to 82945. There's a story in the news that Heather Locklear has been sentenced to 30 days in a mental health facility. Uh-oh. I wonder what the th- threshold is for being in a mental health facility for 30 days. Like right. what she do? I mean, we're all a little broad stroke. Overzealous. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And she's 57. Uh-huh. And didn't she just recently go bat ass crazy? What was it like earlier she, this year or like late last year or something I like that? I think she's been on like 25150s. Uh-huh. I think. Yeah, I was going to say that that like if you're they're not saying like, "Oh, she's going to check herself in some like mental health facility makes it sound like it's not a rehab that it's Something psychiatric. So was this in lieu of prison time? It's possible. Like, hey, you can go to jail, you can go to a mental health facility and stare out a window for 30 days. <laughs> we'll <laughs> numb your brain. B. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Not as much fun company there, but. Right. You don't hear a lot of stories of shower rape at a mental health facility. Right. You are absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Not Ooh. by the other patients, anyway. So, would you rather you had to go spend thirty days? Would mental you health facility. Rather go to a jail. <laughs> but listen, here's the thing: mental health facility, like everybody's cuckoo. So, like yeah. you are not yeah. right. You're big just, fish, you're, little pond. You're just Corbin, <laughs> right? You, yeah, absolutely. You, you have a month of not really being able to have an intelligent conversation oh with somebody. Oh my god! Yes. <laughs> oh my god! With almost threat of violence. Oh my. Yes. Well, there could be violence. No. And, you know, they might go a little crazy a little bit. No, 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 no. Not like shanked. Right, right. You're not going to, mm. but did you die? <laughs> but did you die? <laughs> yeah, yeah. don't worry about that. No. No, 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 no. Mental health facility every day. Gimpy? I'm with you, man. I am totally with you. I can still sit and watch cartoons. And right. Eat my cereal. All I got to do is sit in my pajamas. Uh-huh. You're going to give me something to numb the, 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 the mental pain. Uh-huh. Yes. And I get three squares. Non-moldy banana, bologna? Or bananas. And or I'm bananas. sure the beds are way more comfortable in a mental health facility. There's no yelling. I mean, there's some yelling, but not mm. like in a prison. Well, right. nothing that a shot doesn't take care of. Right. If, if, if you get out of hand, they literally tie you down. Yeah. Yeah. If they tie you down in prison, that's for a total different reason. <laughs> yes. <laughs> total different reason. Yeah. I, yes. Oh, my God. That's a 30-day vacation. What oh, is the, the only difference between that and when I go on vacation is there's no sand. <laughs> right. That's the only uh, difference. Sign me up. Sleep all day. Watch TV. Numb God, the pain. God, mm-hmm. Give me a little No zany. intelligent conversations. We don't have to talk. Like Just drool all over yourself, and it's okay. Oh, my gosh. You drool on yourself there. As long yeah. as I knew there was, like, it was 30 days. It was a certain duration time. So, like, after 30 days, they're like... We're going to have to keep a little bit longer. A year in prison Mm -hmm. or a year in a mental facility? Ooh. I think that, like, I'd I'd like to think with a mental facility, you're like, some of that crazy is going to rub off on you a little bit. It's totally (laughs) contagious. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. But I think I'm still safer and alive in a mental facility as opposed to prison. Less gang rape. Less friends, though. What are you talking you about? You can make a lot of buddies. Of friends, you get we... to reintroduce yourself to one friend like at least every day, maybe right. twice a day. Hi, I'm Gimpy. <laughs> 30 right. minutes later, hi, I'm Gimpy. You're trying to play cards with them and they just keep putting down cards like, you're not playing the game. Here's one great reason. <laughs> Crafts. Right. True. It's macaroni literally like necklaces. camp. I'm going to come home with like macaroni art. <laughs>
Ah, yes, the NFL. And another Antonio Brown story. He left training camp again Sunday. Mike Mayock has had enough. And the receiver's anger from being denied the use of his helmet is the excuse that he is using. Mayock told a group of beat reporters as practice began Sunday afternoon. So here's the bottom line. He's upset about the helmet issue. We have supported that. We appreciate that. But at this point, we're pretty much exhausted all avenues of relief. So from our perspective, it's time for him to be all in or out, okay? So we're hoping he's back soon. We've got 89 guys busting their tails, and we're really excited about where the franchise is going, and we hope A.B. is going to be a part of that. Jets coach Adam Gase took the blame for Avery Williamson's season-ending knee injury, second-guessing his decision of playing the starting linebacker for as long as he did Thursday night against the Falcons. That injury, Gase admitted Sunday, played a small factor in why he's decided to sit Le'Veon Bell for the remainder of the preseason. Williamson was the leading tackler last season for the Jets. He played late into the second quarter, and he was the only starter on the field at the time when he suffered a torn ACL injury. To college football, where in our state, Oklahoma, has a scrimmage slated for this afternoon. Sooners typically do this. It's one of their five days on, one day off type scenario. Well, they'll have a scrimmage in an afternoon in the middle of the week, and today is that day for Oklahoma. We'll recap that for you coming up tomorrow. And Tulsa, after having their scrimmage where fans were invited on Saturday, still not closer to naming a starting quarterback between Zach Smith and Seth Boomer. Philip Montgomery is going to try to take as much time as he needs to name the starter. That's Falls to the Wall Sports. Jeremy Poplin, 97.5 KMOD. Good morning. It's the Big Man Morning Show, 918-460-KMOD. You can also text BMMS and then what you want to say to 82945. We like to talk to our listeners. They share their stories with us, and we do it at this time every Monday. It's Our listeners are awesome, and Josh is on the line with us. Hey, Josh, how are you? Hey, how's it going, man? Good. Josh is 29, married for the first time. You got married this year. Congratulations. Thank you. Yes, sir. The most amazing woman I've ever met. She's awesome. What makes her the most amazing woman you've ever met? Oh, man. Where to start? I mean, there's a list a mile long. She's just uh, she's a great mom. Um, she's just the sweetest person ever. I mean, when it comes down to having a good heart, you know, and you just you meet somebody and you just have that feeling that she's just the one. It took literally probably about an hour of talking to her to know that she was going to be the one for me forever. I don't know how to really explain it, but she's just one of those people that you see, and it's just like, wow. I mean, everything she does, everything that comes out of her mouth is just just so nice all the time. You know, you wonder how can she be so nice, you know? That's awesome. Congratulations. Uh, so you, you, you got married on a speci- at a special time of the year. Tell everybody uh, what made your wedding day special. Uh, well, it was on 420 this year. <laughs> was that purposeful? And, uh, Oh, yes, yes, we had planned it. Well, here's the thing, something that was, yeah, that's good stuff right there. Um, so we actually had our first kiss and became a couple on 420. And that was not planned at all. That was completely out of the blue. We just happened to be in my car rolling around one day. Uh, we had been talking for a while. We actually went to a quick trip and got some cups of ice, and we're drinking wine out of quick trip cups and ice. 
That's spectacular. Romantic, right? So romantic. <clears throat> but um, so, anyways, it was 4:20, and we didn't really think about it or anything. But we had been talking for a while, and then we finally got to that step where we had our first kiss, and you know, we kind of made things official. So then we thought, well, how cool would it be to uh, make have one big day every year where it's everything? It's our big anniversary for not only when we got married, but for everything when we first got together, first kiss. So we have just one big day every year. Like, I love my wife and I love weed. Exactly. <laughs> right on, man. <laughs> um, let's see. You got some kids. You're a stay-at-home dad, as well as uh, you hang Christmas lights and do landscaping and stuff like that. What's it like being a stay-at-home dad? Uh, it's pretty awesome. It's something that I've always wanted to do. Um, I've, I just kind of one of those naturals, I would say. Um, I've... I just love kids, man. I've always been good with kids, um, even like other people's kids. I have a lot of friends with kids, and they, you know, I'm Uncle Josh to like I don't even know how many families. So it's just kind of been one of those things that's always been a passion of mine, and I just kind of have a knack for it. So I've always wanted to, you know, hang out with the kids and do the do the running around. And it just so happens that I'm a good cook, so you know, it kind of works out. I make all the meals and do the do the nanny stuff. What's your go-to meal that you love to make for people? Oh, man. Uh, well, I do have this uh, jalapeno cream cheese corn that I make. It's kind of a cold dish. But um, when it comes to a full meal, man, I don't know. My spaghetti is pretty killer, I guess. <laughs> now, we're, we don't have you on because of your culinary skills or your uh, romantic <laughs> skills. Uh, but you uh, were raised in a cult. Tell us the name of the cult. Oh, it's called the 12 Tribes of Israel. And what is that cult associated with? Um, well, actually, I'm really not really sure. They uh, are kind of their own society. They, they don't use the outside world. They're not with any specific church or really have a specific religion. I feel like they pick and choose what they uh what their religion is i mean like everybody has hebrew names for instance and they do bar mitzvahs but they're not necessarily you know jewish or, or anything so um i was also very young when i was there um so a lot of what i remember is not going to probably be like you know their I don't know how to really explain what they are but yes they basically live by the bible as much as they can and they pick and choose what and how they live by the Bible. Do they they're, have more than one wife? No, no, okay. they're they're actually pretty strict on that. They're, you're not actually even allowed to uh, hold hands. Like when you uh, are about to get married, you have to go on what's called a waiting period, and you're not allowed to talk to them, see them, touch them, nothing. It's like very sacred, and then they have this huge celebration, and you have to like get it approved through the elders, um, if to be married, I mean, it's crazy. Just to, it's just the marriage process is nuts. Wait, how long do you not talk to that person? Uh, it depends on the people. Actually, it's all based on the elders. It, it's amazing how much the elders control everything there. So there's these things called government meetings and stuff where they get all the elders together of that particular tribe, and they basically discuss issues. And so if you happen to be one of those issues that's on the ballot for that day. Um, they're basically sitting down and figuring out how your life is going to go. 
How did? How old were you when you found out that you were in this cult, or were you always raised in it, or did you know? Were you living, you know, in suburbia, and then the next day you were living in this community? Like, how did you? How did this come about? Oh no, my my uh, beginning years were actually probably just as crazy, if not crazier, than when we got to the cult. My parents uh, were kind of conspiracy theory people, um, and thought, you know everybody was pretty much after them and every were being watched and they didn't want to pay taxes. And so we lived off the grid, um, from about two to when we joined the cult, when I was about six and a half. So we lived in tents. Um, I showered from a bag hanging from a tree. You know, we used the bathroom in a hole in the ground. I mean, no running water, no electricity. Um, one cool little story that's quick is we built this finally after we got out of the tents we built this little house out of just two by fours and plywood well our bunk beds were um, crafted into the wall so one winter we all we had was a wood-burning stove and this is like when we were really you know we had moved up in the world you know we got out of the tents and we actually had a uh, we actually had a bucket that we used the bathroom in instead of a hole in the ground so one morning we wake up and it's winter time and our beds are crafted to the wall. We have to rip our blankets off the wall because they had frozen to the wall. Oh, my God. Yeah, so that was that was before the cold. So my, my childhood was very interesting yeah. and crazy even before the crazy started. Okay, so, all right. That's, I'm, I'm intrigued by, by living off the grid. Where was this? Uh, it was in a couple different places, but... It was mainly outside of uh, Topeka, Kansas, in Oskaloosa, Kansas, and Ozaki, Kansas. And what caused your parents to move? Like, why would you move to a different camp or a different uh, um, off-the-grid camp, I guess? Well, and that, I, I really don't know. I was, I was really young, so I just was going where, where my parents were going. But I do know that we had a few family friends that were involved with certain things, so... Um, and we were also, they were very religious at that time as well. So we kind of had, um, these families that we would travel around with, I guess you would say. So we would meet a family and we would hang out and they would do their Bible studies and we'd all kind of live life together for a while. And then when that falling out would happen or whatever would happen between the adults, you know, here we go, we're packing up again. I feel like in that type of setting, everybody would kind of get along. There should be no falling out if we're all on the same page. Did your dad work, or how did they get money for anything? Yes, uh, he was in construction. He that he was the my mom stayed at home, and we milked the goats, and you know I gathered eggs from the chickens and rode my bike, and he went and worked on framing houses. So he was a, like a day laborer, essentially just paid in cash by the day. Yeah. And how old were you when they got, or they were like, hey, we heard about this group of people. Let's go move with them, the uh, the 12, 12 Israelites. Israel. Yeah. Um, well, they it was never really a decision like that. There was a major decision beforehand where um, we had, so we started in tents, moved up to the little house. Then we actually ended up moving up into a trailer, and life started to seem like it was getting a little more, uh, modern, finally, and then they uh, got extremely religious for some reason, and in the Bible it says something to the effect of, you know, give up everything you have and follow me. Well, they took that to the extreme, and we sold our property, everything we owned, bought an RV, and hit the road to find God. And so when we hit the road to find God, uh, we were in and out of a couple different places. Uh, we joined one small, we visited one small cult in uh, Rocheport, Missouri, 
Um, I don't remember much about it. I remember they were absolute nut jobs, and uh, we left there pretty quickly. And then that's how we got connected to the 12 tribes was through a guy from that cult. Did you go to school? Did you go to school? No. You never uh, had any formal education? No. The first uh, time that I went to school, I was in fourth grade. And it was actually here. It was at uh, 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 Cedar Ridge on Mingo. 101st Mingo was the first school. How did you get to here? Uh, What do you mean? uh, Oklahoma? Yes. How did you go from, you know, your family was traveling to find God in this RV. You joined the 12 tribes uh, of Israel. And then how do you get here? Well, my grandparents live here. Uh, the grandparents of my adopted father, the one who's in the cult, um, he adopted me when I was about two months old, as far as I as far as I know. Um, so my grandparents live in Oklahoma, and when we left the cult, me and my mom, we basically we didn't we fleed the cult more like it. Um, we we didn't have anywhere to go. I mean, the, when you join the cult, you have to give up everything you have to them. So that way they are in complete control of your lives. You have no car, no money. You don't uh, wear your own clothes. They make clothes for you. Um, So you have absolutely nothing but a toothbrush. And even to get that, you have to put it up on a board in the laundry room and the elders' wives um, have to decide whether you need it enough. Like anything that you need has to go on a needs board. And then there's a hundred people living on one compound. So uh, it could take three months to get your kids some underwear, you know. So basically, I know I got sidetracked there. The reason we left was um, I got my butt whooped by one of the single brothers, pretty pretty rough. And uh, my mom was on an evangelistic trip, and anybody can discipline you there. So when you're there and you're a child, any families, any elders, you can be spanked from anybody. And I was in the care of a guy named Levi. I was uh, nine and a quarter, probably, and he whooped me with this bamboo rod so bad that when my mom got home a day and a half later, I had bleeding purple welts across my butt, and that's pretty much the reason that we left, because she, when she's, basically, I was acting weird, I was sitting funny, Um, she had just got back from passing out free papers at some hippie convention thing, trying to get people to come join. When she got back, she noticed I was acting funny. Um, I didn't say anything because, you know, you don't talk about discipline there when you're disciplined because the kids are so brainwashed to believe that they, they need it. Like there's actually kids that will come to their ABBA and EMA and say, Abba, I need discipline. Um, I did such and such. Like they actually will ask for it. All right. So yeah, it's, it's crazy. let, Let me ask you this. What, what what did it take? Like, was it a night flea in the middle of the night, or did it culminate over a few days, or did she get back and go, we're leaving, and your dad was like, no, we're staying, or how did that go? Uh, yeah, something like that. Um, basically, it was over a couple of days. Um, like I said, you don't have anything, so she couldn't just really take me and go. Um, we were living in Colorado Springs at the time, and it turned into this huge deal. So like I said, the government meetings had to get involved. All the elders get involved. Um, my dad wanted to stay. She wanted to leave. She was freaking out because, you know, her son had just gotten beat and uh, she wanted to go. Well, they basically said, well, if you want to go, go. But we had nothing. We had no, no way to go anywhere. So she was begging them to, you know, 
give us something, give us a bus ticket, give us, you know, a little bit of money. Let us make a phone call. Cause there's, you know, there's no technology, there's no phones, no radios, no nothing. So there's really no way to leave when you want to. So basically it took a few days and over the course of that time, there was all these government meetings. And basically what I know is it boiled down to, we got a bus ticket and we got like 50 bucks cash and they sent us on our way. We actually walked about 10 miles that day to get to the nearest um, civilization so we could hitch a ride to the bus station. Uh, you said something that your grandpa adopted you when you were two months? Well, my stepdad, the one who's in the cult. Okay, where it's was my, your real dad? My, um, at that time, I didn't know, but he uh, he's in California. Okay, all right, so we're running out of time, but I, this I'm really okay. fascinated by the cult thing, and... So is your dad, to, your stepdad, is he still to this day in the cult? Yes, he's remarried. Uh, he actually married the little, my little school teacher in the cult do you and had two kids. Do you communicate with him? Uh, yes and no. We probably hear from each other once every two years or so. And Just, how is that? Like by mail? Uh, no, every now, well, now they're a little more modernized than when we were there. So there is a one phone there. So... Um, depending on who you are, my dad is now like one of the big hotshots there. So he gets access to things that the regular members wouldn't. So he gets to send me a message or call me when he thinks about it, which is very rare. What about your mom? We do not talk. I cannot stand her. Um, we wow. just, we had, we've had many, many fallings out uh, falling outs. And, um, we, uh, I basically disowned her a few years back and I never want to see her again. And does she, a whole nother story. does she communicate with your gram, your grandma? <clears throat> nope. Um, she's pretty much in the same boat as me. I don't think she, uh, has ever really gave a, a crap about me. So, uh, besides the fact of she took me and left when I was nine, uh, since then she went down her own crazy path and she doesn't want to have anything to do with me either. What do you, okay. So and to kind of wrap all this up, looking back yeah. at that time of your life and how it shaped you as a person, what do you think about when you look back and see the the memories and being a part of a cult and, you know, having kids you deal, you know, you take care of now, like what goes through your mind? Man, that's, that's a question for you for sure. Um, well, I mean, that, I guess it kind of depends on the day really. Um, but pretty much how I see it is, um, I went from the most controlled, um, rule infested childhood to an absolute no rules running the streets as a teen, you know, no father, mom working three jobs. So I've seen, uh, both sides of things. I've seen the absolute, uh, you know, don't speak unless spoken to lifestyle and hard, hard, major disciplining. And then I've seen nothing. And then where I turned out from all that, um, uh, I went through a lot, actually. I, I mean, I had a really rough, rough life after we left the cult and cause I didn't know a lot of things and I got thrown into public school, not knowing how to read at fourth grade. And so, you know, life was really rough on me for a while there and I turned bad for a while. And then when I got out of that, you know, I grew up a little bit. Um, I kind of was able to take a step back and see where I was headed and get my life on track. And now that's basically how I raise my children. I, I say, uh, you know, I've seen both sides and I try to take the good from both parts of that and combined 
take the good pieces and combine it into how I raise my kids today. No, I hear you. You take take the good, you got to take the bad, you put them together, what do you have? Like, I hear you. Do you spank them? Yeah. Uh, Yes. Well, not my stepdaughter. She's um, 16, so that's not happening. But um, my six-year-old, yes, he gets spanked, but I don't use, I, I don't believe in using my hand. I feel like we have this like very small little paddle thing. It's like a little paint stirrer thing. And he knows that when that has to come down, it is the final absolute last resort. And he's had every chance in the world. And I, I keep it to be literally like, it's probably, I've probably spanked him five times, but he also doesn't live with me. So he, he lives in Kansas with his mom. I only get him. Uh, he did in the beginning live with both of us, but he only lives with me in the summers and stuff now, you know, school breaks. So. Wow. But yes, I do spank him, and it's it's very, very seldom. Josh, I wish we had more time to talk, man. I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today, and I'm glad you got out of that cult, man. Yeah, me too. I actually got the pick, man. So the judge asked me, asked me when I was 10, and I, I chose my mom. So A lot of people are texting in saying that you might be on the side of a milk carton. You might think about going into Ancestry.com and submitting your DNA, making sure you're not missing from somewhere. <laughs> All right. That uh, might be a good idea. All right, man. See you later, Josh. Thank you so much. All right, thanks, man. All right, yeah, see you can... later. Oh, see you. Uh, all right, our listeners are awesome. We enjoy hearing your stories. If you think you uh, have a story worth listening to, send us an email show at kmod.com or Texas BMMS and whatever that is to 82945. Tulsa's morning show is coming right back. The Big Man Morning Show. Tulsa's Rock Station. 97.5 KMOD. Good morning. It's the Big Man Morning Show. 918-460-KMOD. You can also text BMMS and then what you want to say to 82945. I guess it's just a sign of modern times, but there was an incident this weekend. I live up in the Owasso area, mm-hmm. and the police handled a threat this weekend where apparently someone went on Facebook suggesting a violent threat at retail stores in the metro, including Owasso. Hmm. And then they investigated the post and just said that there was no evidence, but wanted to make sure that people felt safe. And so they put out more resources by posting police, you know, in different areas at retail places and some places like Walmart hired off-duty officers to be present inside the stores and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. Absolutely. Right? Very diligent work and even going, hey, we investigated no threat. Obviously, people seeing the post might not have seen that. They were like, listen, we're still going to post some people out mm-hmm. to make yeah. people know they're safe. Yeah. yeah. Which is, I think, above and beyond mm-hmm. what they needed to do. Um, But it made me think because I ran in to get something at Target. And the wife stayed in the car and I ran in to go get it. And as I ran in, I was like aware that this had been happening. And I was thinking to my wife that I was telling my wife later that, you know, it made me think as I went in completely differently, like I'm scanning people and thinking about where is the exit or the hiding spot, right? Yeah. Your defenses are a little bit higher than what they normally would be. And I think too, with the stories you just heard from the El Paso shooting about someone who did just that and then they died while their family was waiting on them. I feel like it's more fresh in your mind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so 
I was telling my wife, like, as I'm going in, I'm scanning, looking for a certain person. Because the reality of these events that have been happening have been a 20-something white male. Mm-hmm. And occasionally, very occasionally, an, an older male. Mm-hmm. Much older male, right? right? But more likely than not, a young white male. 20, late 20s, maybe. And so you scan and I see a woman with a kid completely discounted. Yeah. Now, obviously, I'm not stupid enough. I I understand that it could be a female. Yeah. But, but if you're looking for danger, that's not where you're, no. you're thinking. St- you, you, yeah. you deal with statistics. Mm-hmm. And statistically speaking, it's going to be a white me. And as I'm thinking this to myself, as I'm, you know, running to go get the prescription, I go, oh, wait. I look like potentially that person because I'm, you know, moving with efficiency yeah. to get to what I need to do to get back out to the car. And, and looking like, around. And looking around. Yeah. And I'm looking like, well, this, suspicious. now yeah. I look completely suspicious. <laughs> and, I, and I was just a weird chain of events that happened where you think, oh, wow. Now, I know you can't not go. When you see these type of things, you cannot not go to the store. You cannot avoid going to walmart you cannot avoid you have to keep going you have to live life for sure you have to uh i disagree with you too (laughs) i would wait till the next day why because there's i i there's no reason for me personally whatever my orange juice or box of cereal whatever it is just isn't worth the anxiety i would have while i was there and it's not worth the chance and what I, chance they I said mean, there was no threat no i know that but i i there's nothing i need so bad that i can't wait till the next day but you said to take the chance what chance are you alluding to because they said there mm-hmm. is no threat mm-hmm. i mean right but if i don't know something somebody did post that and they were like no i was just kidding i was making a joke and they investigated or whatever and that wasn't the case the same reasons that they're standing out there to make everyone feel comfortable i would just feel more comfortable not going so you would feel safer mm-hmm. going when the police weren't posted out front yes <laughs> okay huh? teach his own yeah i believe the threat is there every day it, it really it is. You don't know what's going to happen when you wake up, get ready for work. You don't know if you're going to stop at the quick trip, get yourself, you know, one of those chorizo tacos. Yeah. You know, it's a cup of coffee. And then the place gets held a donut? up. donut? Can we get a sugar donut? Well, yeah, sure, a if sugar, you want yeah, to, man. Why really you, they might as well get a pretzel while you're yeah, at it. that's okay. so good. But then, boom, you got a gun to your face. Give me everything you've got, and the whole store's getting held up. You just don't know what's going to happen. You have to keep moving. On Friday. Movement is life. On Friday, um... This randomly just happened where everybody that's normally in their office wasn't there, and everyone that's normally in the like little cubicle section wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And I had walked up to the front, and it looked strange <laughs> because there was nobody there. And I had like a 100% panic moment that I was like, is there an active shooter and no one told me? The quietest <laughs> active shooter moment ever. Well, yeah, right? I don't know, or a drill or something. And I was like, oh, is this happening? <laughs> I down the hall. And I was like, mm, I would be the one. <laughs> There was the, a really sad story, too, where they buried the final person from the El Paso shooting. Mm. And it was a man's uh, wife. They'd been married 22 years. And he, they didn't know a lot of people. And he thought because of it being the last one that you know people would forget. So he opened it to the public. 
they had to turn people away. They moved it to a funeral, to a, a venue that would hold over a thousand people, mm-hmm. and they had people lined up in the streets. Wow. And it was just this amazing Beautiful. story of solidarity in the community and stuff like that. And, and it made me sad that he really thought that, I mean, he felt like maybe no one's going to show up at all no for one his cared, wife. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, then it, to see that, oh my God. It was, it was really sad. And there is a, apparently another twist to this story that isn't getting a lot of news coverage, and that is while he was doing all this, his car got stolen. Ain't that oh, something? Oh, what? Ain't that something, man? Just one <sighs> kick in the nuts right after another. I can't even imagine. Now, if he just maybe would have waited to bury his wife that day, <laughs> Sam, then maybe that would have wouldn't have happened. No, his car would have never gone stolen straight out of his driveway. Yeah, probably not. Had Dick. to have it parked in front of the funeral home. <laughs> How those correlate, but okay. His life. <laughs> right. I'd be like, well, I guess God doesn't want me to have my wife or my car. Yeah, it looks <laughs> like I'm hoofing it from here. Walking. <laughs> Teaching me a hefty lesson. Oh, my God. That does suck because then you need to catch a ride home from your wife's they're like, funeral. Right? They're like, oh, oh my God. Yeah. They're like, I would hope he's not driving. Oh, I would my hope God. He's got somebody in his life that's loving, that's yeah. like, uh, you're not going to drive, man. You had to bury your wife. You're, no, that's I, I'm a man. I got this. It's right. fine. Right. But can you imagine, like, hey, we're real sorry about Sally or whatever. We're, man, she was a beautiful person. Yeah, she was. Yeah. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Yeah. And you got the casserole, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was very nice. Um, hey, I know this is weird. We just buried my wife. Can you give me a ride? <laughs> right. I know it's nowhere near where you're going. <laughs> right. Like, right. I, you have to give a you ride. You have to. You have to. They say, hey. You need anything, you just let me know. Anything. <laughs> uh, you give me a ride? How about a ride to the other side of town and while right. all these thousands of people leave, I need to, need to right. get. You help me clean this mess up, too. Right. Hey, week. you said anything. I'm going to need a ride to Mara, too. Because i got to go to the courthouse to get her death certificate. Uh, oh, yeah. my God. And after that, can you like give me a lift to like a... Dealership of some sort. I mean, kind of got an and wait nineteen hours, <laughs> right? Because that's how long it takes to buy a you car. You buy a car, you're there at open. You're, you're there until close, All like, day, man. And they don't let you out of it. You're like, hey, listen, I'm gonna come by. I want the car. I will then leave. <laughs> right. I will return. To pick up the car when all that's done so I don't have to sit and wait. No, sir. Nope, oh, no, 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 no. We may need you to um, nod. Can we need your middle initial for the 18th time just in case? Yeah. 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 <laughs> or buddy. Why don't they have like dealerships? Like, why don't they have a subway inside a dealership? Right? Someplace you can grab a little Starbucks. bite to eat or something, you know? S- something. I mean, they uh, do a good job, right? They got a little little beverage station yeah, that the, get the popcorn re- the receptionist machine. has to help you with. Yeah. <laughs> But hey, I, on Saturdays, we cook hot dogs, man. Can't we just put it, like, in the mall parking lot? So, like, listen, page me. Give me a pager. And I'll go, and then I'll come back. It's the wor- It's the most agonizing. Why have we not modernized this experience? Oh, they have. Now you can buy them online, sight unseen. It's like a vending machine for yeah. cars. You've yes. seen the commercial yes. or whatever. No yes. way. Yes. Yeah, no I, way. No, right, no way. <laughs> I have looked into that. They don't do it here. They don't You're do it in You're going to pay Oklahoma, an extra huh? fee to have it delivered here. Get the hell out of here. Here. Then stop running your damn commercials on my television. Yeah, a vending machine for cars. That's the most <laughs> ludicrous thing I've ever That's heard. That's the way they put it, man. That's the way they put it. Yeah. No, thank you. Uh, all right, we got to take a break. We'll be back. Yeah. Tulsa's Morning Show. The Big Man Morning Show. The assault continues next. 97.5 KMOD.
Good morning. It's the Big Man Morning Show, 918-460-KMOD. This is a story I'm sure a lot you're going to hear all over, especially morning news or um, during the lunch news or some talk show or something. And that's that they did a survey and found that nearly half of the people aren't changing their underwear every day. Oh, Jesus, people, you have to every day. I, well, hold on. I get the headline, sounds alarming. Mm-hmm. But have you ever showered on a Monday morning mm-hmm. and then not showered or changed your underwear again until Tuesday? That's fair, yes. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah, two that's days. that's typically what everybody does. I'm not, well, or yeah, Tuesday. That's... I'll give you an example. Mm-hmm. I Let's say I showered this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I'm not showering again until probably tomorrow afternoon after karate. Okay. That's two days. Uh, over 24 hours. Yeah, I get that. I get that. That's a long time to be wearing the same drawers. I think, you know. When... Is it? It's literally like maybe 10 hours more than normal. Okay. I think what they mean, at least the way I interpret it is, is like when you wake up, you put on, you shower, you put on your drawers, you go and you do your whole work thing, and then you go to bed, and then you get up, and then you don't shower the next day, and then you don't put on your drawers, and then you go on for that day, and then yeah. you go to bed, and then the same process. That's what I take it. You know? Well, that would be three days. Well, either way, I mean, still, you should change your drawers at least once a day. I don't know. I think I think this isn't as crazy as it sounds. I get the headline is is mm-hmm. very scary, mm-hmm. and I don't want to hear from women that are like, "It's gross." You all wear bras and wash them once a week. Truth, if Truth. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some of them now I get longer. that that's just skin on skin and not you know genitalia, mm-hmm. but there's it's still dirt, it's still sweat. Yeah. Boob sweat. I feel like if you go over 24 hours, because most people are in the routine of like, you know, you shower this morning, you have your day, you shower tomorrow morning. Yeah. Anything over 24 hours. Unless it's like a lazy weekend, because sometimes you do that too. <laughs> you know, you wake up on a Saturday, you're like, I'm not doing anything. And then you don't shower anything until Sunday night. They were asked to wear two days in a row. Mm. So based off my habits where mm-hmm. I shower on Monday morning, mm-hmm. sometimes shower on Sunday night. Mm-hmm. And then don't shower again until Tuesday after karate. Mm-hmm. That's two days. Yeah. I don't think that's that crazy. I'm good on that. I'm good on that. Men are two and a half times more likely to do the consecutive day thing with their underwear. 46% said they owned at least one pair for over a year. I totally am that. I Yo, don't yeah. buy new underwear very often. Oh, yeah. They've literally got to become church underwear before I get rid of them. (laughs) 38% said they had no clue how long they owned their oldest pair. Yes. Ooh, Ooh, mine's at least five years. That you wear on the reg? No. That's what we're talking about. When I was throwing stuff away this weekend, there was a couple pairs. I was like, I don't want to throw those away. And they're just... You you threw away old underwear? Stuck to the bottom. That's a total promotion we could have done. Your old underwear. Weird. I don't know. For you. (laughs) Not for the new owners. Seahawks rookie wide receiver DK Metcalf will undergo knee surgery tomorrow, according to Pete Carroll. Following their loss to the Vikings on Sunday, there is some type of injury that happened a few days ago. And the Seahawks said that uh, doctors have a clear look on the MRI and think that it will actually be a quick recovery for DK Metcalf, who was taken early on in the second round by the Seahawks. Maybe, just maybe, he could be back for the first game of the season. We talked about this earlier, but former Chicago Bears running back and Longhorn legend Cedric Benson has passed away. 
His family and friends confirmed that on Sunday, Benson's death was reportedly the result of a motorcycle accident in Austin, Texas, that claimed the life of an unnamed woman. Benson was 36 years old. Police responded to the scene, a reported crash in the area of Austin, which occurred around 10 p.m. on a Saturday night. Benson finished his time at Texas' sixth leading rusher in the NCAA history and also won the Doak Walker Award in 2004. He finished his NFL career with 6,017 yards and 32 touchdowns. To baseball, where we have a new record that was set yesterday. It's by Pete Alonso, hit his 40th home run to break the National League rookie record, capping a late outburst by the Mets in their 11-5 victory over Kansas City. He snapped a tie with Cody Bellinger, former driller, who launched 39 homers for the Dodgers in 2017 on his way to winning Rookie of the Year honors. That's Balls to the Wall Sports, Jeremy Poplin, 97.5 KMOD. Good morning. It's the Big Mad Morning Show, 918-460-KMOD. You can also text BMMS and then what you want to say to 82945. On Mondays at 9 o'clock, Jeff Hensley from Hensley & Associates joins us in the studio to talk about any family law case questions that you have. Custody, maybe you're looking to get guardianship over your niece's kid, or like this email we've got to get us started, Jeff. Good morning, by the way. Hey, good morning. Is very unique situation, which I know you love these unique situations. Right, it keeps me on my toes, you know, makes me fire those neurons so I can think about it. This says, my stepson's mom was found passed away a week ago Friday. My son has lived with my husband and I for a few years. We never filed anything in court because we were co-parenting really well. Yes, I know we should have done it anyways. My husband did establish paternity before she passed away, but do we need to do anything? Like, does he need to file for sole custody or anything, or does it all just kind of fall into place now? So it sounds like never married, right? had a child out of wedlock, right? he moved on, got married again, was taking care of the kid, but there was no custody established, and the mother passed away. Who gets the child? Well, it says that he's established custody, or not custody, paternity before... I wonder if that was through, I'm, I'm assuming that's through DHS. Uh, that's my only guess if it was an actual adjudication by a court system, uh, if they didn't file for any kind of custody or visitation rights. So um, it's an interesting question. I have heard, and I, I've not personally done this, but I have heard about paternity cases being done um, after somebody has passed, whether it be dad or whether it be mom. Um, I have heard of those cases. So you know, this is interesting. By Oklahoma law, technically he doesn't have, you know, custody of the child. He has been oh. adjudicated as dad. Um, I mean, I think there's two ways to go about it. I think you could do a paternity case because I've, I've, I've heard of doing that. You know, a guardianship case would be another thing. He could go and get guardianship now that mom's passed until he establishes and, and gets custody through the court system. So, you know, there's two ways to do that, really. They could do an adoption, right? I mean, the mom no, no, could no, do no. an adoption because there, there's nobody's going to object. Once he, well, he has to establish paternity first. So, oh, right. Okay, so once paternity established, is established first, then yes, she could turn around and adopt the kid. Absolutely. So where would the kid go if they were already living you know, dad. Well, I mean, most likely the kid's going to stay with dad. I, I, don't, I don't see this kid right. going anywhere else. The state's and, not going to intervene. No, no, okay. I, I don't. 
Not when there's a father and the child's been living there and those kind of Regardless things. Regardless of establishment or as far as a court of law is concerned, if he hasn't been seen as the father according to the court, a grandparent or somebody would have to step up. Right. I was going to say so the state would have to be tipped off in some way, such as a grandparent's guardianship or, you know, let's say, and, and it sounds like this guy, this guy is a good dad if he's had the kid. Let's just assume that he's not for some reason. And if you're listening, sir, I'm not saying that you're not. Um, I'm just using this as a hypothetical, you know, Somebody would probably tip the state off at that point that dad's dad's got issues and is unfit and the kid's in danger. And, of course, that would come through a guardianship or something like that. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think what he needs to do if he really is worried, truly worried about it, let's do a paternity case. Uh, let's file a guardianship. And then if you're married, let's get the adoption done. Does he need to do it? Do they need a new thing? Probably not. Do you want to make sure everything's on the up and up? Yes, probably should absolutely. do that. Well, there's no probably to it. I think I definitely you should. I mean, I, down the road there could be potential issues, um, such as you know getting the kid enrolled or taking the kid to a doctor or something like that. Now that mom's passed, so um, there's b very big potential issues that need to be addressed, and we can do that through paternity and those kind of things. So yeah, give me a call. You can call and ask your questions to Jeff as well, like Tommy has. Tommy has a question. Uh, go ahead, Tommy. What's your question for Jeff Hensley of Hensley and Associates? Hey, good morning. Hey, good morning. I got a quick question. So me and my old lady have been together for three years, and, you know, she's pregnant. We're about 15 weeks. I've been hearing a lot on the radio. You probably covered this. I apologize. But for me to make sure that something happens, like, we are not married yet, and, like, I want to do a good wedding, but do I need to get married before we have the kids? So if something happens, I have my say-so, or where do I make sure that I'm holding on to my kid and not going to lose them because things ain't going so well right now. Well, I mean, here's the thing. If you get married and the child is born, then, then we're going to have to deal with an actual divorce at that point, which means she's going to get half your stuff, okay? Um, if you don't do it that way and something falls apart, we do a paternity case, at which point we only worry about the child. So it really depends on how you want to attack it. Now, um, if you want to ha not have to worry about establishing paternity, Obviously, you would do it through a marriage, and then if there's an issue, we would do a divorce. Um, it just really depends on how you want to play it. I mean, some guys, because I've had it split both ways. I've got some guys that want to deal with it through a divorce um, so they don't have to worry about the adjudication. I've got other guys that want to not have to worry about half their stuff getting taken um, for them being married for a short while. So, you know, it just depends on how you want to you want to play it, really. Don't present it to your fiance that way. Yeah, don't yeah, do that. yeah, I wouldn't. <laughs> By no means. I just, I just want to have my, my basics covered. Like, I don't think nothing will happen, but if something did happen, I want to know what's the easiest way to make sure that I'm with. I still get my son. You know. Well, j just understand, of, in a divorce, you know, it's a fifty. You know, we basically start if, at a fifty-fifty, and the judge devolves from that based upon facts heard. Whereas paternity. She's got sole custody until you go and file something in a court of law and there's a hearing where the judge decides otherwise. So, you know, again, it, it just really depends on how you want to handle it. You've got options either way, really. All righty. Well, thank you for your time. I just wanted to ask what would probably yeah, sure. be the easiest and, way. And I hope it works out, man. I hope we don't have to worry about that. Good luck, Tommy. Thank you, sir. Yeah, thank you. See you, buddy. The, that's an interesting thought. I mean, kudos to him for trying to be like, hey, I want to be the dad. Right. Absolutely. And I'm not, I don't want to put words in your mouth. So I'm going to say it as if it's me. 
if I were giving advice to him, I would say, listen, be careful getting married so quickly just to get your rights because you're putting so much more financially out there. Right, exactly. When you, you tie the money just, and stuff into it. Just sure. go, hey, I want to be the father. I want to establish paternity. Probably a little bit cleaner in terms of I don't know if I'm ready to get married yet. Right, but at the same time, too, the reason I threw out what I did was because you've got the issue of if you are doing a paternity, she's got sole custody, which means once that baby is born, even if you're on the birth certificate, even if your name's on that birth certificate and you sign an acknowledgement, okay, she can still say, well, screw you. You're not going to see your kid and see so you go do something about it in a court of law as opposed to a divorce situation where you've already got that established and if mm -hmm. she's denying it, then we can deal with it different ways. So, I mean, and it, it, again, it really depends have, on how you want to attack it. They have I their mean, own problems. Okay. Yeah, they both have their own problems. Uh, Brenda is on. Hi, Brenda. How are you? Fine. What's your question for Jeff? <laughs> Um, I left a week ago for my husband, <laughs> left, went next door to my mom's. I had no intentions of going back anytime soon. I was just wondering about the abandonment issues. Can he file anything? No, that, that that's, okay. that's, that's like an urban myth. And, and are there abandonment statute portions? Yes, absolutely. But we're talking about, you know, as far as a divorce is concerned, it, there are 11 different ways to get divorced in Oklahoma, one of them being no fault, which is what, or incompatibility as we call it. I mean, that's the biggest one that 99.9% .9 of people choose. And then you've got yes. 10 other ones. And one of those issues is abandonment. But that is like, you know, you don't know where the person's at. They're like completely off the face of the planet. They've, you know, fallen into a glacier somewhere and you've got no idea what's going on as opposed to walking out of the house. I mean, that that's completely different. So, you know... Okay. If you're not going back, I mean, I assume you're going to do a divorce, and if so, you need to give me a call so we can represent you on that. No, I'm to... not doing that. I'm, uh -uh. I'm going to wait it out. Something not... Wait, what do you mean? Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. You've a bag of cats, and we want to see what those cats are screaming. <laughs> yeah, hold on. What do you mean you're going to wait it out? Uh, well, we've been together since 94. Um, he's fat. He's doing math. Um I mean, he overeats on this stuff. I don't know how, but okay. I'm just, it's inevitable. Let, I mean, Let me pose a question to Jeff. What is your advice for people who want to wait it out and stay married to somebody? I mean, there's a potential we could do a uh, legal separation. I mean, that's one way to handle it. If you but what are the pitfalls by staying married and waiting out you're setting up for well, yourself? I mean, the pitfalls you're going to run into is is uh, blowing through marital assets. I mean, all those kind of things. Which Finances? Could, right. That's what I'm talking about is, is the money. debt to pay for that mess yeah, that's exactly. making Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're, you're going to – let's say he decides to go and start – you know, taking out credit cards. The next thing you know, you got fifty thousand yeah. dollars in credit card debt because he's, he's already you know, done that. Well, I mean, well, it could, it's only going to get worse. I mean, that's that's the thing ah. is is, I I commend you for wanting to to stick it out because you've been with somebody for so long and obviously you care about them to do that. Well, but, but no, the only reason I want to stick it out is I don't want to lose my house. That's you know. You don't I need to, st but, but see, I that's paid the thing. That house understood. But here's the thing: you're not going to lose the house. Uh, by getting a divorce, you're going to, I mean, you could be the one to, to take possession of that house and pay him his equity portion and get him gone and those kind of things. I mean, there, okay. are you hoping he strokes out in the house? I mean, what do you mean by waiting out and worrying about the house? Yeah, I, guess I don't care if he strokes out. I, work, help, I don't care. <laughs> well, but, okay, if she just waits it out because she wants the house. You know this lady? <laughs> <laughs> If she just waits it out because she wants the house and he goes and racks up a hundred grand in debt. I'm losing my house. 
<laughs> right, then you'd lose your house. Cause, right, right. So, I mean, it's better to file now and get rid of the guy than it is to to wait it out and just hope to God it gets better when in actuality it's probably just going to get way worse. Jeff, what if he gets yeah. arrested and has a bond and there's financial matters from the court side? Would those be his financial responsibility if she abandoned him, or would they have to? Would that be considered also? Are you part talking of her about bed? criminal financial charges? Yes. I mean, fines, things of that nature. I mean, those typically go with the person they're assigned to. We're talking about, when we talk about finances, we're talking about credit cards, we're talking about yeah. loans, we're talking right. about, you know, those kind of things. And, and here's the thing, if you waited out, let's say we're 10 months down the road, instead of being $20,000 in debt, now he's $80,000 in debt, and you're on the hook for half. So, I mean, it's better to get it done and over with than it is to hopefully wait it out. We can deal with your house and get you the house. That's not a problem. I mean, what can they do to me? You can't get blood from a turnip. I don't have anything. I do not have anything in savings. I mean, can they throw me in jail because of his debt? Well, if there's a if there's a, a lawsuit and there's a judgment entered against both of you, they can come after both of you. And typically what will happen is, is they're not going to necessarily take stuff. I mean, they're not going to foreclose on your house. And I mean, is your house paid for or do you still owe on it? Yes, I bought that house outright. Okay, okay, okay. So, okay, so my, my point She's is... She's ratcheted up. I don't know if you've noticed. <laughs> right. The, the first... I mean, one of the first things they're going to do is they'll put a lien on your house. But the bigger issue is they'll come after you guys on a garnishment and take it from your wages. Well, I'll quit my job and go welfare. I mean, I'm... Well, and that's fine and dandy, right. but then you've got to... I'm, well, I'm, okay, we've... This entails way more than the time we have on the radio. Please call me this week. I would. I, I really want to walk you through this because... I've I, talked to you before. I called you a couple of months ago, and I'm still just... I don't know what I'm going to do. Okay. Well, call I'm me just, again. We can talk about it. I'm happy to answer any questions I you need. I appreciate you talking with me. I, I appreciate it. I have a question, Brenda. If you're worried about losing your house, is that the only thing? Because by uh, waiting it out, it yeah. sounds like that is what you're actually doing is jeopardizing lo losing your house by staying married. Yeah, but you know what? Thank God my mom lives next door, and her is paid for. And I and I'm the only child, so I will get it. I mean, yeah, but you could take homeless. steps now to make sure that you wouldn't be homeless without having to rely on your parents and like without putting yourself in danger because you don't want to be fifty grand in debt because of this jackass and have to file bankruptcy and all that other horrible stuff. Right. You just have to take one step now to avoid that crazy headache of like, well, I'll just quit my job. Are you going to starve? You don't want to do that. No. Just you got to. You no. just got to suck it up. You know. I don't know what I'm going to do, guys, but I appreciate you talking with me. Brenda, we wish you the best of luck, all right? Thank you. All right, see you later. That is not an uncommon tale of people that don't want to get divorced. They try to, quote, wait it out, as right. she used, because they're afraid, but I'm going to lose the house because right. or, I'm the female or I'm the male or whatever. Or I'm going to lose the kids or I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. I mean, you have you got to ask yourself, man, do you want to live in misery for the next 15, 20 years? I mean, just because you're worried about an asset? I mean, come on. I mean, it is a very personal decision, and I understand. Trust me, I understand that dealing with these things every single day and the thousands of people that I've worked with. But I will tell you that at the end of the day, you've got to do what's best for you, and that doesn't mean necessarily in this case that she should be waiting it out. I think that I think Sam hit the nail on the head that it could potentially only get worse, and it probably is only going to get worse. And if it's only going to get worse. Cut your bait and get out yeah. now. I mean, I, and it's a connection, right? You're connected to that person. Right. Their actions have repercussions on you, right? And that's true for marriage. That's like true for you know if you're in a relationship and you're not married. I mean, that's 
the beauty and the danger and the hate of, of relationships, period. And you should probably not wait for somebody to die. That's like a horrible plan. Oh, yeah. Like, well, I'll just it's wait bad for karma you're yeah. throwing out there. Yeah, I'll just wait I mean, for and him those to die. Do, I mean, those, and those things happen. I mean, we'll be in the middle of a divorce and somebody dies. I mean, that's – or a paternity case. I had a case one time where uh, I represented mom and dad went out uh, up in Collinsville, got drunk, hit a, a pole, and, and he, he died. And so, you know, that was... That, that was, was case it. over? I'll say, yeah, that was the end of the paternity oh, case okay. at that point because mom made custody. But my point is, is, you know, yeah, don't wait. That's just, that's dangerous. Peggy's on the line. She has a question about child support. Peggy, go ahead. You're on with Jeff Hensley of Hensley & Associates. Okay, my question is, I already have my case through DHS. Okay. But DHS is a joke. Like, they won't do anything. They tell me they can't do enforcement procedures because they're short-staffed. He is about $35,000. He's about $35,000 oh. in arrears. Okay. I haven't gotten anything in about two years or more. Okay. Um, Does he work? Is there? I don't know. I don't know where he is. I have no contact with him. I mean, here. here um, so that. I mean, that, that may be ahead. the big holdup. And what I mean by that is this, okay? When we go to collect child support, we need to, A, know where somebody's at, and B, we need to find, you know, make sure that they have a job because if they're, you know, high on drugs in a gutter somewhere with no job, there's no way we're going to collect the money no matter what we do. The best we're going to get out of that is a bench warrant for his arrest, at which point... I I don't think he's on drugs. I think he is working. I think it's probably for cash, but I don't know that, so... See, and and those things make it hard, too, because at some point you could go and get a judgment, okay, and what you do is you um, basically garnish or levy the bank account. You you can do that. Um, so, I mean, there, there are ways to get the money, assuming he has a bank account. But people who work in cash typically don't keep their money in banks. They just don't uh, because they know, and especially if they know how to play the, the child support game, a lot of them will not have bank accounts or anything tied to their Social Security number because that money could be taken or levied or whatever it may be. So... Uh, you know, just every case is different. I mean, most people are your typical, you know, they work, they have jobs, they have bank accounts, they have houses, they have things like, you know, savings accounts, whatever it may be. But there are uh, people out there, and it's a large number that know how to play the game, and so they don't keep accounts in their names. They'll use other people's accounts, or uh, they'll just do cash only and keep it in a mattress like they did in the 1930s. Uh, so, you know, it just it just depends. I mean, if you know where he's at, but he's only working for cash... That's hard to pull. I mean, but if you don't know, what should she do? Well, if you don't know, I mean, you should still. In my opinion, I'm always of the opinion you should go and at least file something, get it on record, get a bench warrant for his arrest. Because if he gets picked up on a speeding ticket, they'll or something like that, they'll see the warrant, they'll arrest him, and then we can start getting money for you. Okay, so I mean, are there other steps that you that like a private lawyer could take that DHS can't do? Well, we can go ahead and file a, a, a contempt citation for failure to pay, whereas they would take, you know, months and months and months and months and months and months and months or more even to, to file something simply because they are so short-staffed. So if you want to get it done now, call me. We'll get it on file. There'll be an arraignment within the next two or three weeks. Uh, once If he fails to show at the arraignment, a bench warrant will be issued. Um, if he does show... He'll plead not guilty because that's what everybody has to do, and the judge will set a hearing date uh, 30 days after that typically. And then at that hearing date, if he fails to show, then we will have a bench warrant for his arrest there for the full amount owed. So, I mean, you're either going to get a bench bench warrant for his arrest or you're going to get money one of the two. And, yes, we can get that done much faster than DHS because they just – you know, like I said before, each DHS attorney on average has anywhere between five and 10,000 cases that they're responsible for. And 
it's not their fault. That's just oh. the way it goes, man. They just are that right. short staffed. If you want to get things okay. done quicker, always do it through a private attorney. Yes, it costs okay. money, are but at least we get it done quicker. Okay, does he have to be served papers for all of this stuff to happen? Well, if we, yes, but here's the thing. If, even if we don't physically get him served, one of the publication rules here in Oklahoma allows us to publish, so we can still move forward. It just may take an extra 30 days or so because it has to be published in a newspaper. But there are ways to get that service taken care of. Gotcha. Okay. Best of luck. Thank you so much. Call me. Thank you. All right. See you later. Um, This is an email that came in and said, is there anything in Oklahoma law that prohibits a parent from taking a child out of state during a divorce without the other parent's knowledge, knowledge multiple times? You know, here's the thing. There's the automatic temporary injunction that goes into place once the divorce has been filed. And in that, there's language that says, technically, you shouldn't take the child out of Oklahoma more than for two weeks at a time. Now, should you, uh, should be this. Should you be letting the other parent know where you're going? Absolutely. That's your responsibility. Where you're going, how to be reached, what the itinerary is, if there's flight numbers, you know, uh, what hotel, you should be informing on that. And if they're not, then in my opinion, that's a violation of the ATI. I have filed contempt citations on these issues for people failing to keep people informed. Um, and, and so, yeah, I mean, there, there's a duty to do that. Absolutely. Let's go to Sarah. She has a question for Jeff. Uh, Sarah, go ahead. You're on with Jeff from Hensley and Associates. Uh, yes. I just want to be able to change my daughter's last name. Okay. My ex-husband hasn't seen her since she was a year old. She's going on five now. Okay. Um, is he going to, ob- I- is he going to object to the name being changed? Do you think? Um, probably not, because at one point he told me that he would sign over his rights, but if I dropped child support. I mean, here's the thing. A name change, all we need to do when it comes to a child is obviously we need to serve him with notice of what we're doing. There'll be a hearing set. If he fails to show up, then the judge will go ahead and change the name, no harm, no foul. Um, if he does show up to contest it, he can do that. So, um, you know, if there's if he's not going to contest it, then we just give him notice. He fails to show, and the judge changes the name. No problem. Awesome. But we can do this. Well, so. because um, that would probably work out great for me because right now they're looking for him for child support because he hasn't paid. And, uh, <laughs> and if there's so, a warrant out for his arrest, he's definitely not going to show at the courthouse. So yeah, give me, exactly. Give me a call. We'll get that name changed and strike while the iron's hot, so to speak. That's awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. Appreciate Thank you, it. Sir. Have a great day. So uh, these are some texts that came in, um, Jeff, and it says, I was engaged and out of work at the time she paid for a lot of things. Am I legally responsible to pay her back? She left me. No. I, I mean, right, I it's not a union, right? There's right. no agreement. Well, it, it is a gift. I mean, it's interesting. This should be brought up. There, uh, a group of us attorneys on Facebook were talking about the issue of rings if you if you have a, a uh, engagement ring who gets it and there's actually some interesting case law and stuff on it but in, in in this kind of thing just because you live together and you pay for stuff i i, I don't believe he owes or anything i just don't but what I've is never, the, what was the majority opinion of the lawyers that doesn't make it law oh, but about, what, about of the rings. Ring, i mean yeah. a, a lot of people believe that it's it's a gift in contemplation of a union or of a marriage so you know, the, the person that uh, it was given to, it's a gift. And then there's other portions that say that, you know, if since marriage is a contractual obligation to a certain degree, um, if there's a violation of that or a breaking of the contract, that the ring goes back to the giver. So, I mean, it just, I've seen it, I've seen it both ways. Get out of here. I've seen it both ways. It makes sense because it's not, it's not, uh, it's a question, right? It's not a, it's not a, uh, do you agree to do this? It's right. Right. It's would you, would you like to get married? That isn't, 
we're getting married. That isn't I will marry you. Right. I mean, yeah. It seems very so loose. I, I will tell you that most of the people that I've dealt with through divorces, they just let the other person have the ring and we don't even screw with it. Right. I mean, it's, it's a push just, gift for marriage. <laughs> I guess it's Essentially, it's a pers- push gift for saying I do. I, I, or not. That's a good, it's a push like gift that. for agreeing to marry but, you, not for actually getting hey, married. I will tell you, having right. four kids, push gifts are a load of crap, but that's a whole other... <laughs> <laughs> You're in friendly company, sir. Uh, last one here says, I got a question for Jeff. My girl had a baby, and the baby daddy signed the birth certificate and the acknowledgement of paternity. Okay. So in the state of Oklahoma, she has sole custody. If he was to take the baby from her, is there anything she can do about it, like call the cl- cops to try and get her back? Well, you can, but the better thing to do is we immediately go and file with the court a writ of assistance and have the cops go out and pick the child up. That way the court's involved in that correct, process. Correct, And we don't necessarily have to file a uh, paternity action to do that. We just need to file a writ of assistance with the court. The judge will sign off on it. You take it we'll take it to the sheriff's. The sheriff's actually have an entire division in Tulsa County where they go out and pick up kids. So, oh my. Yeah, they have actually have an entire group that that's all they do is pick up kids. So uh, they'll go out and they'll pick up the child and they'll call you and say, Hey, I've got your child. Will you meet me at the quick trip on the corner of so and so? And you go and pick up your child. So um, they're a great group of people to work with that are, go out and pick these kids up. They treat them right. They've got, you know, Obviously, they've got good car seats, and they give them toys and things like that to make it a What's lot easier What's that division called? I, I don't know if it has a specific name. I just know there's an entire group that that's all they do. They're assigned to go out and pick up kids. Wow. So, that, would a, that, was, that would be an interesting group of people to work with because you've got to be a certain type of individual. I think so, absolutely, because, I mean, especially when you go and find kids in horrible, horrible, deplorable yes. situations, you know. Yeah. So. Well, if you need help with changing a name or maybe custody or, you you know, you're just thinking about waiting it out. Jeff can help navigate you right. through those Absolutely. decisions and whether it's a good idea or not. Spoiler alert, not a good idea to wait it out. Right. And you should call Jeff at 398-5692 at Hensley & Associates. Mention the morning show in KMOD. You'll get a free consultation over the phone and talk to him about your divorce or your father's rights or paternity or any of those things. So call Hensley & Associates, 398-5692. Jeff, have a great week. Hey, you too. Thanks. We'll be back. Tulsa's Morning Show is coming right back. The Big Man Morning Show. Tulsa's Rock Station, 97.5 KMOD. Good morning. It's the Big Man Morning Show, 918-460-KMOD. You can also text BMMS and then what you want to say to 82945. That's the mindset of our competitors, by the way. They're just going to wait it out. Until we die. Hold tight. Statistically, that's not a bad plan. No, because eventually, yeah. I'm just saying. Statistically. Um, I know Sam is a huge fan of sleep. Huge, right? Yeah. Massive fan. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a bunch of myths about sleep that I don't know if you believe in or agree with. One of them is that some people say they can function fine on five to six hours of sleep. Uh, true or false? True. False. Ninety-five percent of adults need seven to nine hours of sleep. Okay. Yeah, right. I was thinking of those, like you, you know, the those like super people that like presidents have been, and they only super people like yeah. a, they have a power. Well, they only need an hour of sleep. There is like yes, there's like some condition. Of, oh, I can't even remember what presidents ha- has had it, but I saw this thing and it was on um, 2020, and it was about this mom, and she literally just needed one hour. Of, to sleep and she was completely healthy. She that's just all her body needed. This says that getting enough sleep is a massive problem in the country. 
I believe Sleep that. has a PR problem. You need uh, seven to nine hours a night. Yeah. Another one. If I don't get enough sleep during the week, I can make it up over the weekend. True or false? Uh, false. That is false. Circadian rhythms are important. I might be tired the next day, but there are no long-term, of, long-term effects of not getting enough sleep. True or false? Ooh, False? It's false. <laughs> people who get significant, more? listen to this, people who get consistently insufficient sleep are at risk of neurological decline, dementia, poor concentration, <laughs> mood disorders, depression, anxiety. Jesus. And that's just from the head up. Right. <laughs> that's not all the other problems you could have. They say it also changes your ability to metabolize food, puts you at your heart at risk, increases cancer odds. Damn. It's okay to fall asleep with the TV on. True or false? False. Yeah, you don't want to fall asleep. Any light will throw off your sleeping ability. Your brain registers. Even a street light that is entering the room throws off your ability to sleep in terms of circadian rhythms. And then blackout curtains. Yeah, those things are amazing. Yeah. You sleep better when your bedroom is cold. True or false? (laughs) True. If you get up in the middle of the night, it might be your body waking up because you're too warm. This doctor of sleep recommends getting your room at 66 degrees year-round for a restful of undisturbed night of sleep. You can pump your hands, Sam. When was the last time you had a full night of undisturbed sleep? I guess that's true, but at least I'm doing that to help. (laughs) He said 66, not 53. (laughs) Right. Close. (laughs) Bedtime starts when you get in bed. True or false? True. False. Mm -mm. You should unplug an hour before you go to bed. No TV, no phone, no computer, dimming lights in the house to signal your brain it's time to go to sleep. That's I knew that from being younger mm-hmm. and doing homework on your bed. You shouldn't do you should have never done that because mm-hmm. your your mind goes, Oh, this I should be tired because I'm on my bed. Yeah. Right. Getting exercise during the day will help you get better sleep. True or false? True. It is true. Thirty to sixty minutes a day. You'll be more tired by the time you get to bed. Uh, it's okay to use sleeping pills. True or false? False. That is, you're correct. It is false. There's no prescription sleeping pills that are approved for long-term use. While they can be safe and effective in the short term, they affect your brain chemistry and are harmful to use. What about melatonin? Does that count? No. Mm. You don't even know what you're getting. Well, where does melatonin grow? I have no idea. In the your brain. Melatonin plant. So where man. do they? So they're harvesting melatonin from brains to put in a pill to give you? I mean, I just figure they chemically uh, fake create it. Yeah. Like Zima. Yeah. <laughs> they just chemically, you know, figured out what molecules make melatonin and then give it to you. Uh, you can't get too much sleep. True or false? True. False. Too little or too much sleep is bad for you. Too much sleep sends different messages to your body. Maybe we're sick. Maybe we're injured. Mm. Okay. It disrupts our circadian rhythms and our metabolism. Don't be lured into this false sense of security that more is better. When it comes to sleep, it's not true. So nine hours max. Seven to nine. No, I'm saying nine hours max. Naps disrupt your sleep. True or false? True. False. A 20-minute nap can help your body recharge and won't impact your sleep. 
Hells yeah. Man, naps are amazing, man. I love, it's one of my favorite things to be sitting there, like in, like laying on the couch or whatever, mm-hmm. and just kind of doze off and then I wake up and I'm like, I'm not sure if I've been asleep for hours. <laughs> right. <laughs> or days, I'm not sure. It's still 2019. I feel great. Sam had this thing she shared with me the other day about snooze that I think is fascinating. Oh yeah? The snooze button on your alarm. Yeah, it doesn't make sense because where in your life do you take a seven-minute nap oh, or a five-minute nap? You're not getting any actual sleep. You're just being lazy. Oh, no, but you're you're letting your body rest that little extra more. That ex- mindset for nine minutes. Whatever okay, your nine minutes. Is. The point is, is your body's not getting rest. Right, right. Sure feels like it, though. It sure I, feels no like way. it. No way. I read Any that. time I snooze, I'm constantly feeling like I'm not getting rest. <laughs> yeah, because you're not actually going back to 100% sleep, so you're not getting any more of that REM sleep. No, no, not the actual sleep sleep part of it, but not moving, not having to get up and exert energy, I think is where it's at, and therefore you feel a little bit better. <laughs> Whatever, man. <laughs> you you feel better probably because you rolled over and took a hit before you ro- rolled back over and hit snooze. Yeah, probably, but still. <laughs> is uh, your pipe's name snooze? <laughs> right, right. Good morning. It's the Big Man Morning Show, 918-460-KMOD. You can also text BMMS and then what you want to say to 82945. Time to find out what everybody learned. Tell us your favorite part of the show. Let's start with Sam. Sam, what did you learn today? There's four areas of my mouth that definitely need drilled. And um, I don't know what's going to kill me first. Corbin, my teeth, or no sleep. Gimpy, what did you learn today? I learned that Corbin's behind all the KMOD deaths. And I also learned I could do it all by myself. Can you help me? <laughs> uh, I learned that uh, cavities in your mouth and your teeth felt broke off. Oh, you poor. Oh, wait, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> and I also learned waiting it out isn't just a term that is used with men. Women do it, too. Oh, yeah? I'm sure eventually he's going to learn how to give me an orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> Just wait it out. It's Corbin saying make sure that dishwasher's loaded right. I'm Steven Sam, and this is for Mother. This is Gimpy, thank you, thank and I'm sorry. Thank you. Far too kind. Can I get an encore? Do you want more? Cook and roll with the Brooklyn boys. So for one last time, I need y'all to roll. Uh, 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 yeah. uh, now what the hell are you waiting for? After me, there should be no more. So for one last time, make some noise. Enter password. Corbin. New messages. The Big Bad Morning Show, I'd like to take a minute to thank troops from Oklahoma and all over the United States. These soldiers have sacrificed to give the Big Mad Morning Show the free to act like the total douchebags that they are. Total douchebag. Total, 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 total bag douchebag. Total and complete douchebag. We honor and respect you. We honor and respect you. We honor and respect you. God bless. Rock and roll! It's over! Bicycle Tulsa. <laughs> God bless Tulsa. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.